For your listening pleasure, TFYLP for short. Join us and discuss the latest in Transformers fandom. And now, without further ado, here is Weird Wolf. Now, where did I put that chorus stop? Ratchet, did you take the chorus stop? Number 105. I'm your host, Megamus, and tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Zone. Uh, the return of Convoy, and just about anything else that uh, we could think of. Um, tonight, we're going to have uh, Plasticon. How's it going, guys? I have returned. With his little one as well. With my little guy. Uh, Brycey. Hey, how's it going? Headmaster Don. Hey, everybody. Nice to be back. And he, just the one called Chad. What's up, everyone? Who has very few words to say. I don't know why. And our special guest, Proto Man. How you doing, people? So, you know, you know, everyone, no one knew you were going to show up, and then all of a sudden you show up. I mean, are you just, is, is it like uh, like Batman, you just sneak in into the shadows and just, you know, snipe right into someone else's podcast? Is that how someone, that works? Someone puts up the Proto Signal, which is pretty much a picture of a Transformer toy on, you know, and then I'm just like, oh, I'm needed. Well, I get into my protomobile, or as I like to call it, my Toyota Solera, and then I drive on down. The, the protomobile. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's that it's a hot rod logo thrown up in the air. That's yeah, what it is. With a really shitty hot rod logo. Yeah. The G1 one. It's like, it's looks like, like, it really looks like the sticker. <laughs> one day I'll own a Dome Zero, and it'll all make sense. Trust me. Well, it, it could be that someone said his name three times as well, so there's always that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Hey, there you go. There you I, go. I thought that's how we. I thought that's how we got Headmaster Don on here was to call his name three times. <laughs> no, that's because well, you were desperate. Well, no, I just figured if we could <laughs> say uh, Chad's name three times, he'd go away. But that doesn't seem to work either. I can make no. that happen. <laughs> well, you going to go to sleep in your little coffin back there? Is that what happens? Yeah, man. I. You know, I got bunk beds and everything in here tonight, so I'm not driving. You're just going to sleep alone, but that's side point. So tonight, tonight we're going to talk about we're we're going to we're going to go back to our series, and we left off at Zone. So um, let's start with uh, Brycey, and let's see our first Zone exclusive figure. We'll go with the new Cybertron Commander, Diatlas. He's a quad changer. Uh, yeah. Drill tank, a jet, a base, and the robot. And they, they all those came with the MicroMasters also that were pretty pretty hard to get, right? Yeah. His little partner. It's like a little uh, dome sports car, right? Uh, Corvette Indy. Yeah, and they were all unique molds too. They weren't just repaints. Yeah. They were part of the new subgroup of uh, toys called the Powered Masters, which, instead of Power Masters, which uh, their gimmick was they powered up two uh, 
uh, some kind of spinning accessory like interlocking and everything in a rolling gimmick or in other cases like uh, road fire, a popping up gimmick, yeah, road fire scene right there. And, uh, and Sonic Bomba. So you had, you had Diaclis, you had road fire and Sonic Bomber. Yeah. And, um, as, as most people know, they, they combined into this massive, it was easier just to get two of them than it was to combine them for the show. That's for sure. And, and made this nice little, well, big ship called big powered. And according to TF fiction, that's actually the fastest thing in the transformers picture. And that's what she said. Yeah. So I understand that. (laughs) All right. So, and, and, would you say in zone at least was that like the hardest one to get? I mean that one that one seems to command a whole lot of money, especially for all three. Like in the gift set version, it, it seems to command a whole lot of money. I think when you're talking late G1, uh, G1 Japan, I find the likes of, of stuff like Operation Combination being a little more difficult. Um, right, but zone? just for just for zone in general. Zone? Oh, in Zone? Well, yeah. I mean, what's the demand really on a Metro Titan compared to, say, a Sonic Bomber? You know what I mean? So, like, right. I think I think a Metro Titan mint in box uh, would be a lot more. Uh, and the thing is, too, when it comes to Autobot leaders like Diatlas, I always see Takara doing a reissue. I always, which would then destroy. Like, look look at uh, Star Convoy's market. Ever since that re- that Encore came out, you know. So, like, Dialis is one of those that I could just see Takara going, like, here's all our movie repaints, da 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 Oh, and by the way, we're reissuing Dialis. Well, no do, you think, do you think the fact that they even thought about doing a masterpiece version, do you think well, that look, that yeah, would look, uh, do something to the value? Well, I think that um, masterpiece toys – well, how it works with Transformer toys is there's three kinds of collectors. There collect, there's collectors that want to own the best representation of the character. There's historical collectors that want to own the original G1. They want to own the generation. They want to own every incarnation of that version. And then there's the more casual collectors that just kind of want to own something of it, whether it be if they could get their hands on the G1 cheaper, they'll get that. If they could get the Masterpiece one, all the better. Um, Like a good example, Star Saber is getting a Masterpiece soon. Is that going to hurt his G1 toy? Of course it will. Um, because it's something that'll probably be relatively the same scale as the original G1 Star Saber, but it won't necessarily be a better toy, or will it be? We don't know yet. I mean, it's pretty much a shoe in that it's going to be a better engineered toy. The original G1 toy was like, you know, limited articulation and a Brain Master gimmick that still was in an infancy of, of engineering. So I would imagine it would probably hurt the G1 toys market from just people who want to own that character. But then again, you could say, well, what about the Star Saber Robot Master toy? That was like three inches tall and didn't really well, do but, the same but that Well, but that wasn't as good a representation. Oh, of course hopefully not. the masterpiece. It had, it had better articulation, that. which is amazing well, to say that. <laughs> right, but, but my, my argument would be by, by re-representating him that more people will get to know him, and then there's going to be that group of people that want to go back and get the original. It's, so it's therein, kind of, it's it, it, it sparks more – yeah, well, 
I, but, it's the same way how like those if those same people were reading the current IDW comics, I think they would have wanted Star Saber also because of that because now he's kind of a predominant figure in the IDW books. Where I mean, prior to those IDW books, Star Saber was relegated to just you know Transformer Victory episodes. That was the only way that you really knew that character, unless you were reading manga scans and story pages. But that's a whole other story. But um, so in general, the masterpiece toy I think is gonna is gonna quench the thirst of everyone who never owned the G1 version. Uh, and I think in a lot of ways it would stop people from buying, wanting to get the G1 version if they get something that's superior. It's the same thing that um, if you own like a G1 Sideswipe uh, and then you own the Masterpiece one, I mean, if you were just to own the Masterpiece one, I have seen no reason to own the Generations one or even the G1 one. If you're someone who just wants to own the best representation of the character. I, I always look at G1, uh, excuse me, of Masterpiece Sideswipe and say, this is perfection. This is the evolution of the G1 toy to modern engineering, how it should have been done all those multiple times that it's been done in the past. And to, for someone to want to go back and own the original G1 toy would only be want, someone that wants to own it for historical reasons, to, to, to have that simple transformation of you know seven steps or not even less than that for Sideswipe. Or if you own the original Masterpiece toy, I mean, that's all you need. That's really all you need of that character. That is, I mean, it, it makes the Generation toy pointless. It makes the Alternator toy, Vinyl Tech toy pointless. It makes any any version that came prior to that redundant. And so going back to Diatlas, his market currently um, is, I would say, like a BotCon price. I could see a mint in box, complete Diatlas, no yellowing, going for $500. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things that if a reissue comes out and he's one of those characters, I would bet money on would get a weird reissue down the line. Um, that would totally destroy the market price to the point that he could be worth 300 bucks. Mint in box, uh, star convoys go for nothing now. I mean, there's still the guys who will try to sell it for $500, but no one's going to pay that when you can get it for a hundred bucks. And in all honesty, the reissue, uh, is better. It's, you know, it's tampographs, not stickers. Uh, it's a lot better, so it 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 really hurt that market. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, because I actually I have the reissue of the uh, Star Convoy. Wasn't the windows um, not translucent on the original? Uh, with the stickers. I'm seeing. Yeah, you, what you're talking about is chest. <laughs> yeah, on the chest. See, yeah, he's right. That's that's the original next to Sky Gary over there. Yeah. Well, um, the reason why I'm asking is because, I mean, I know on the chest on the original, um, I don't think it had as much chrome either. I thought it was just like stickers on that one. No, uh, well, the biggest difference, I haven't, I've never really, like, put them next, I never really put them next to each other because I have the reissue mint and box over there. Um, there, the, there was differences in like, I remember the, this is white, but I think it's, it's chrome or oh, silver. Chrome on it? I think okay. it's silver. I think it's just there. silver. Yeah, there's the silver. This is the original. Um, there's something to do with the. I think this is a different color. Silver. Okay. Yeah, and this one's white. And everything and everything is tampograph right out of the box. So right, whereas these are stickers. Yeah, if you would have bought a like in my case a, a original uh, Minton box G1 Star Convoy. Uh, you'll right away open it up, and your uh, hot rod is missing his chest sticker. And then you're then you're at that impasse where you're like, do I want to actually use the original sticker sheet and devalue the toy, but so that hot rod could actually have his flame chest, or Heck yeah. not? 
Well, <laughs> in my case, I just bought multiples of that MicroMaster hot rod, so it wasn't a big issue. But oh, there you go. But you go. but when that when the reissue came out, it just took care of all of that. Everything was nice. Tempo graph, no sticker peeling, no chrome sticker issues that peel over the ears and get wrinkled. This is it's the perfect version. And especially whenever you find loose uh, star convoys. 99% of the time, the spoiler sticker on Hot Rod is always completely peeling. It's mm -hmm. because it makes his feet, it's always prone to rubbing or, you know, just people, when they display it, it's literally sitting right on the surface. Well, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about what you said before, and we, we all know that, like, uh, when, they, when they reissued and they did, they did the Encore Fort Max, the price of that dropped. Oh, my God. When, I, I, when I they did the stuff like that. But what, what my question is, is that by making a superior mold of something, it's not, ex it's not the same as making the exact thing and reissuing it, which we know devalues. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, you can look at it one way or the other. Well, like in the case of, say, like Fortress Maximus, uh, you pointed it out best. It, supposedly the mold is inferior than the mm -hmm. original, but at the same time, I mean, I remember for years seeing guys who would always, like, I would do tons of conventions. You always have those guys, those guys that just have Fort Max bodies. No head, no weapons, no – I like to call it a Fortress Maximus starter kit, you know? Just get that and then start piecing it from there. And I, I would see guys like that for years, and they'd be selling them for $300 a piece, these yellowed, missing every pieces, Fortress Maximus. And then this reissue came out for, in all honesty, what would be probably – on average, I see them at conventions for 350 bucks, I think, and sometimes 300. Um, I mean, you get it right out of the box with the Japanese accessories and everything. Sure, you got to sticker that thing up. I heard is is craziness, but um, but in general, like right out of the box, you get your display piece, Fortress Maximus, as opposed to the you know a complete Fortress Maximus before that without the Master Sword and the Mini Master Sword would have run you $1,000 easy. Minimum. Minimum. If it was complete, 100%, every little radar dish and everything. You know, so even, even the little baby agrees. Well, but, but the, the thing I was talking about is is that most people, if they've never had one, it's not gonna, they're not going to know that, that it is inferior, that they, the, yeah, the plastic quality is thinner. That they it, won't it, it know stresses totally right out of the box. They, well, they honestly, the, the easiest way for anybody to know, and I mean, this is kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a heart to anybody that owns a Brave Max. If you put it next to the reissued Fort Max, there is a weight difference. I felt it myself because the Brave Max literally is the same type of plastic. Does it not have yeah. the the, the diecast core in no. the chest? No, no, it, it does. does. It does. It does. I, okay. I did. I did a complete uh, comparison. It's almost like a G2 repaint of the other one. Literally yeah. same, identical everything. Like the only thing I was really, I mean, when I opened it up just to get the Master Sword pieces, the only thing I really noticed was the gray looked a little off. But maybe just because, I mean, mine's an old one, so I was like, oh, maybe it was. No, you know, no, they they didn't get it quite over the they years. They didn't get it quite right. But the 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 thing that everyone griped about was Cerebros, the little gray piece that that covers up the face, was stressed out of the box, and that's because. Oh, really? The plastic quality is thinner, so just by connecting it back, it stressed them. Almost, almost all of them are stressed, that's and I, I got to thinking, well, maybe that's not the only thing. So I actually, you know, tried to do every little mold stamping, everything different. And when I decided that they didn't feel the same, I weighed them 
and they are uh, the the reissue does weigh less than the original, and that leads me to believe that it's made with thinner plastic. There's yeah, less material there. Cut costs, save money. Exactly. You, know, you cut you cut a millimeter off of every area, considering how many parts he's made out of. You save a lot of money in the long run. Right. I mean, a, a brave Maximus, to my knowledge, back in the car robot days, was originally. I mean, if you got the Korean one, you could get it for a hundred flat. But I remember the Japanese reissue was probably two hundred bucks. You know, yeah, so, and it, it also came with that play mat, which uh, yeah, a little Jap bit. The Japanese one did not the Korean one. Correct. Correct. The Korean, the Korean one was kind of a bare bones. Uh, didn't come with the card. Uh, didn't come with. Trying to Upside down sticker, sticker you know. I think this wasn't this one of the stickers backwards on it or something. Yeah, the tower yeah, stickers. The tower I myself, I actually have the Korean one. I don't have okay. the Japanese one. It didn't have the playmat. The sticker is backwards, but other than that, it has everything else. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're 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 essentially identical. Yeah, well yeah. that's the that's the one of the so Sono Kong uh, releases. Yeah. Yeah, those, those, are, all, those, those are usually almost identical. Those. Well, two. if you remember when all the Beast Wars Neos came out, they did yeah. that, and they—if you took them out of the package, uh, unless there's something I don't know about—almost all of them, if not all of them, were identical yeah, outside was, the package. It was also the same for Brave because most of my Brave products were Sonicong. Yeah. And uh, for, you know, I've I've got Liner Dagwon, and then I picked up the Korean version of Super Liner Dagwon. I can't tell the difference between them. Really, really yeah. in this part. Well, I mean, Kong, honestly, other than the crappy stickers, pretty much knocked it out of the park when it comes to the quality. They really did. Yeah, and the I boxes. Mean, ever, the boxes I are mean, kind I, of. I have The boxes are, are way too that. big. I mean, yeah. like if you go to if you go to BotCon, you look at uh, Captured Prey's table. They have like a wall of Sotocon stuff, and I'll be like, you'll see like a box that would be like almost. A little bit smaller than like Brave Maximus's box, mm -hmm. and it's just holding long rack and break. And you'd be like, "What?" You know, it's holding two. Their boxes were such a waste of space. It was crazy. Well, and you had, like, were, big... when, you, oh, when you opened them, though, they were displayed nicely. Yeah, they had, they had that weird like I don't know, you know like what egg cartons egg are made shell. out of. I don't know. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Whatever that, that cardboard's called, you know what I mean? Eggshell yeah. cardboard. But it's like it was it was that weird yeah. cardboard that they would be held in, which is but, kind of I guess yeah. it's uh, it's cheaper that way to use that instead of but, styrofoam. But don't count on those plastic trays holding up any length of time. Oh, of course not. Just, they will just they're white, but they're basically gold plastic because the trays will just. I pick, I, I I picked up my Galaga car was was a Sonicon Galaga car, and I picked it up by one end. And before I could grab the other end, the plastic cracked halfway down through the through the box. Yeah, that, a few. Um, I'm reminded, like a few of my Master Force uh, pretenders that used uh, plastic trays. Um, I know, like Metal Hawk, like you, you, the indentations that the figure sit in, usually those start to crack early on. But that's that's because it gets thinner usually at the bottom. Right, right, yeah, because they're 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 pushing it into that. To and stretch it the, down on yeah, it. and at the bottom it's always thinner. Yeah, it's I've one, noticed it's that. Actually, it's one of the few examples I could think of of Japanese transformers that didn't use styrofoam. Now that I think about it, it was the the pretender shells. That's weird. Like, mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, even even the three pack pretender classic. Uh, the classic ones, yeah, that's that's it would, styrofoam. Use that too. No, did it use styrofoam? I think that was that was styrofoam also because don't make me go and get it out. 
that that used the same kind of packaging concept because they did a um, a three pack of juniors with uh, yeah. Optimus, uh, Fortress Maximus, and Chrome Dome. Oh yeah, the junior sets. Yeah, and it used the same idea because it came out around the same time. And then those I know 100% those were styrofoam because those okay. I actually messed with not too long ago. Um, just trying to think of something that's an exception to the rule. I'm looking Black Sarek obviously was was. Uh, Styrofoam. Styrofoam. I'm trying to think of. Um, I think maybe there's just pretenders. Because even, I mean, obviously the other exceptions to the rule would be smaller figures, but a lot of them are card backs, like uh, MicroMasters, so those don't count. MotorMasters on a bubble card. Yeah, well, I'm, I, that's the same thing. Like if you think of uh, of the Brain Masters from Victory, um, those are also those are uh, styrofoam. Yeah. Those are individually packed or in the Road Caesar box set. Huh. Now you're making me think. Shit. <laughs> well, good, good, good. Keep it yeah. I never actually. Well, honestly, about it. I think the well, one of the ones I have, I know this. Like, mm. it's an e hobby, but um, the uh, Guardian robot. That thing came in an egg crate. Well, yeah. The thing is, too, is that um, the e hobby one, more specifically, even the Omega Supreme that came before it. Uh, that was because it was a styrofoam concept that never existed in like their archives, if you will, because they never got Omega Supreme back in the day. They didn't get Takara Tommy or ta ta Takara back in the day. Uh, didn't have any of those toy box molds at the time. So when it was brought over along with, I believe Skylinks was also one that they never got, but was brought over around the same time when they did the encores. Uh, they actually had to make special styrofoam for the Omega Supreme. Well, not styrofoam. In this case, it was plastic for the Omega Supreme Encore, and my assumption is I don't own the Guardian Robo, but I would assume they just straight up just copied it and yeah, they, uh, used they the did. exact same thing. They did. Um, it's Basically, it's it's almost, it's almost a clamshell is what it is. I mean, you have oh, to really? create underneath, and then you got a sheet that goes over the top of it that actually clips down. Okay, so it's a so, little different than the uh, yeah, it's, Omega. It's very well packaged. I mean, if anybody's in the market for those things, but, I mean, I wouldn't pay over 150 for it. It's not worth that. But Most Transformers aren't, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I mean that one's really not over 150. Myself, um, I was lucky. I snagged mine at a local comic shop for 75 bucks. So, the new in box never opened. It was awesome. There you go. So happy. All with right, you. so so Brycey, you uh, we left off um, with the big powered convoy. What um, what's next? Uh, you were bringing up Metro Titan. A repaint, Metro Titan, which is a straight repaint, but it also came with uh, Metro Bomb, which is a Skystalker. Yep. And he had a uh, specially molded ramp that fed into the these on the legs that could detach the MicroMaster bases. Right. Right. And then the usual Metroplex accessories with the other thing. But you, but that one just because of the coloring, I think it's it's very wanted, even though it is just a recolor, except for a couple of changes and, and, and additions. But I mean, I, I know a lot of people that want that one. They're willing to pay good money for it. Yeah, and and not to mention when the third party reissue of that, like the 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 try the to be one. perfect. Yeah, it, they got pink instead of red, so that actually, like, you know, a lot of people were like, ugh, you know, that they didn't want to go that route. 
Also, I guess you forgot that they, they also had Metro Tank, Metro Dash, and I think that was Metro Bomb, or was it? You mentioned yeah, it was was Metro, Metro Shot then, which was Six Gun and Scamper and everything. Um, and that was a really that was a really cool toy. And, and I mean, the fun fact about that also was uh, the Zone line didn't have a lot of Decepticons, and that was one of the few. Well, the thing race is, track. yeah, race car patrol is the only other one. Yeah, well, with the uh, with the Metro Titan, there was actually two different versions of it that was released. There was the one that was released that just had him, and then you had the one that actually had the Autobot rescue team that came with it. Oh, there was a variant. There was a variant that actually had um, four Autobot um, microasters that came with it that was boxed in with it, but it was that's weird. Really, that's kind of like zone based. Very odd. Yeah, that sounds like countdown. Odd. Yeah, just say countdown had one. Zone base, I know, came with the rescue team. Maybe that's what I was thinking of then. This one's in box too. The countdown came with one also. Yeah, that's why I like the Japanese zone base was the only one that I remember that had that. I don't remember a Metro Titan coming packed with the rescue team. I might be mistaken on that then, but I thought I swear I remember seeing a Metro Titan that was packaged that way as well. First I hear of it. Well, with, with like you said, with Zone, they, they had so many, you know, so little Decepticons, and, and basically what they are is they're just Autobots switched over with with different coloring and, and stickering and what have you. So, I mean, well, let's go on. What what was the, what what's next? What else you got? Uh, they kind of recolored Ground Shaker. Basically, just gave them new stickers and a new MicroMaster. Yeah. But basically, it's the exact same toy. Yeah. And they recolored Skyhopper into an Autobot. Which yeah. I think it looks a lot better. Yeah. I like this one. And he got another redeco of the race car patrol. Yeah. And that's another one that I think I think goes for pretty good money if, if you can find it. And I know that yeah. they knocked that one. They had a... Uh, an early knockoff of that one. Uh, I think yeah, I know Korean. what you're talking about. It's either Korean or Taiwan. Um, very close, but the quality's a lot less. I remember, we, I know exactly what you're talking about. Way back in the day, there was a, a, a Skyhopper knockoff that was like white. Way back. And, and the main reason why those ones command more money is because a lot of the other MicroMasters from Zone, the bases are more or less identical. Uh, Ironworks comes to mind and a lot of the others. But the ones that are a little bit of a variant, those are the ones that command value. The and same the same with the, the, the little three-packs, because I know some of them are, are different colored versions. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like the military Stunner. one, I know they, they have more, they have a different color, and that one's pretty pretty hard to find. Yeah, see, like it's you told me, like right up there, the military team, and Sunrunner. Yeah. Being one of the more, I mean, the more obvious changes because he's not his original tan. Obviously, uh, Flack there and the others, they're 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 slight tweaks, but they're still more or less the same thing. But yeah, exactly. The Flack and Sunrunner are the two main ones that look yeah. a lot different. And then the Supercar Patrol. And again, like little changes here and there. You have, um, I think his name is Gilhem, which is kind of the unofficial Clipper figure. If you want yeah. to call it that, which was a female character from uh, Transformers Victory, and she was kind of based off of that 
design, but she never had an official toy. And then um, Gil, I think it's Gingham, how it's yeah. pronounced. Gingham um, is kind of the closest thing to Clipper's official release, but not quite. Not quite. Yeah, almost there. Almost there. And then... What would be known as Detour, a Japanese name, I believe, was also Detour. Um, think. Dead, dead Hour. As a Dead Hour? One. Oh, yeah, it's Dead Hour, that one. Okay, I'm just trying to hold it off the top of my head here. That's, I think this one's the same name. I think you two are going to go for a throwdown here in a minute. <laughs> uh, I wish last, I could reach for mine. Mine are all the way there. The last zone figure. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, we've got to put that. Rabbit Where yeah, the hell did I put that? Came oh. with the VHS. Yeah, he's got the box. Came like one. this. There he did. There you go. Yeah. Don't got it with the box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, you know, you, you open awesome. it up, and it's got that weird-looking thing that I don't think we can use anymore. I mean, does even does anyone even know what this is? What Show is me? it? Show it off. Oh, <laughs> Thumb of the VHS. Oh, that thing! <laughs> I thought that was. I don't, like I, a I don't know. I, I think my grandfather. Well, I, mean, I haven't even opened it yet. <laughs> vintage doorstop. And it came with. I mean, this one's still in the baggie, but yeah. it came with this. It was kind of cool. It. I guess it. A, a placemat. I guess you call. No, it. what those what those are is in Japanese culture. In Japanese culture, they're very popular. They're called uh, drawing boards, which is. Uh, when kids do their homework on, like, say, the kitchen table, instead of, like, it scratching through the paper and damaging the table, they would put a board under that kind of takes that damage. And in Japanese culture, it's very common to have these these boards that have advertising franchises. I have a great one uh, of Zone. I don't know if that one that comes with it, is that the one that kind of has, like, a, a Zone base on the opposite side? Let me see it's the this side. And then, um, oh, hold on. Let me get mine. One sec. One sec. One sec. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I've, I've never seen. Yeah, I've actually got several from a dad one. Uh, and when I bought them, they were advertised as basically pencil boards, which is the same thing. Uh, but wow. yeah, it's, yeah, and I've got I several that, that thing was. No, see, this one. I actually picked this one up because it was just so freaking awesome. So obviously the front piece of it is typical catalog style. Simple, back, similar to this one. But the back is like this. And oh, man, cool. I, I like that. This one that just has... Like, something that you would like, it's like a placemat. You know, like those like carpets that have like the cars that you played with as kids? Yeah. So this you know, one is it, like... To me, that, 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 that has more play value. This one's more, like you said, just uh, an advertisement. Well... And the, things like these are super common in Japan. Like, they, they do it for every franchise. Dragon Ball has it, Mega Man, any Gundam, anything you could think of, they do those. And what they are, it's it's like subliminal advertising because it's, it, they're just used that when you're doing your homework, it doesn't scratch the table when the pencil is. But huh. that's all it is. And it, it, I didn't know that the, uh, the VHS came with one. That's kind of cool. At least that tells yeah. me now that this didn't come from the VHS one. I don't know which no, one this came. No, no, because this one, this one was definitely all complete when I got it. Maybe from Countdown. No, no, I, I have a Mint in Box Countdown. Um, the, the, the specifically the Zone Base one. Well, it's not to say out of the realm of possibility that they, they didn't just sell those by themselves. Yeah. Well, just no, they, to advertise well, yeah, the toys. These, these things are totally yeah. promotional, so it's yeah. very possible these were handed out even. 
I've actually seen pictures uh, when I was buying the ones from Brave Command Dagwon. It was from it was from a shop in Japan, and one of his pictures was a rack that where we would go to say a drugstore and buy comics off of a spin rack. Okay, his yeah, 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 and so he had those. Yeah, his was pencil boards, and basically, you know, it, it was a spin rack, and you could just spin the rack and pick out whatever pencil board you want. He was just selling them directly on eBay, but he showed how many he had in stock. Wow. Yeah, and- that'd be that'd be neat to get some of those. And it, it's also neat. possible because I know that um, back in the day in Japan during like the Transformer 2010 era of like 86, 87, um, they used to do back then also promotional material when you bought a certain amount of yen of Transformers, you would get something free. A lot of people don't know that Call of the Primitives, the reason why the animation was so different and why it was just so different from the rest of season three was because that was actually a special episode that was ordered by Toei and um, specifically uh, Tokyo Studio uh, Shisha uh, to be made to be just a VHS that could be handed out for free when people bought a certain amount of Transformer 2010 toys way back in the day. And I think it was Lawson's or something in Japan that did that. That's that's kind of interesting because – Having been to so many bot cons, and you get involved with a lot of these discussions with Hasbro and the, sh- the show at the time, people were saying it, it was made that way because it was just happened to be the, the studio from Japan was the one that episode went to because they were using several different studios for season three. It was no, the, the story was it was originally ordered to be done like that as a promotional OVA kind of thing, and OVAs right. were huge in the eighties. In Japan. Um, I, I, but I've ne- I have never heard that facet uh, concerning Call of the Primitives. If, you, talk always... to, um, if you go to BotCon, there's a guy, uh, Tony Presto. And oh, yeah, he, I've, I've been to a couple of BotCons. He's like the dude for like the weird G1 shit, like magazines and like all that kind of stuff. And he's come across the VHS like three times, and every time he's had it, he's, I mean, I'd love to own one, but that, and it's it's just, it's a, it comes in a basic white kind of boring uh, VHS holder, but it's cut out where the label should be, like for the holder, and then it has the 2010 logo and everything. It was a specific VHS that was just sold for that. That's how I learned of this story, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been to 19 out of 20 bot cons. Oh, nice. And, uh, Better yes, than me. And, yeah, you, you got me so, beat. And, yeah, and so this is this is the first time I've heard that tangent uh, for Call of Primitives. So that's very interesting. Yeah. So, what else do we have for Zone? The only other things that were Japanese exclusives were Galaxy Shuttle and Raiden got a re-release in Zone. Yeah, it was a carryover. Yeah, but it was the same exact figure. Yeah. Just different box, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And numbering, they they numbered it different, yeah. right? Uh, that was a 300 series, wasn't it? Yeah. It went from a 100, zone, yeah. 100 yeah. to 300 series? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So that's when they also unified uh, the numbering at that point. I Well, actually unified a little earlier. But well, I, I got a question for you, and I'm going to pull some of them out here because I got a question. Um, these guys right here. Now – I, I've, I've been arguing with other people that these these were not available all the way through the Japanese line, that they stopped putting them into 
the packaging at some point. I could pull out a whole win? bunch. I could pull out a whole bunch. Here's the thing. There was a lot of collectible card stuff of Transformer stuff way back in the day. What you have is, is an extension of that. I have a whole bunch of those of Rodimus Convoy, of uh, what we know as uh, Splash, excuse me, Slapdash, um, mm -hmm. Road King. Uh, those are some of my favorite characters from Transformers, so I, I try to go out of my way to collect merchandising of them. Those were just uh, trading cards. They had a lot of those. There, there's, the, there's the phone card series, which sometimes you'll see there's a circular hole punched into them. At the yeah, top. I saw that. Uh, yeah. But my understanding was is they actually came in the packaging with the toy. Uh, with Micromasters? No, 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 no. Just I like um, like I've got um, well, Skull, yeah. Skull, Cyclonus, uh, Blanker, Weird Wolf, Hardhead, and then I actually have one of the uh, Raiden. Now the problem is, is that normally when I go to to buy these, you know, you ask them if it has the paperwork, this that, and the other, and some of them come with these, and some of them don't, and some people will say, well, they never came with them. So, well, what, I mean, what you is there any way there, of finding out? What you have there is clearly something that stems from the 87 Headmaster era. Mm -hmm. um, so I think all that would matter is if we could find some Headmaster era. The thing is, no one collects Mint and Box Headmaster era stuff because you could just get the American one. There's not a huge demand for it. I, um, I, I do. But <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there's very rare exceptions to the rule, one of them being in the room here. But hey, Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I think uh, I think that that's something that you would have to like. You'd have to pick up like a Minton box, you know, MSIB sealed Chrome Dome to find out, you know, which. Well, I I, I do know. Market that, so that's why we don't know because everyone's well, like everyone who wants yeah, a Chrome. Well, I Dome. do know. I do know that the the Fort Max, the Japanese Fort Max, did come with one, and, okay. and I did get it, and it came from a very reliable source, and and that one I know. But the problem is, is that you if you. If you collect all the Japanese ones like I'm trying to do, there's some of them that just never come up. And people will tell you, well, it never came with one. Such and I don't uh, – shoot. Some of them are on the box lab too, right? Well, yeah, that, that they yeah. started doing with Victory. They started that, putting them on the flap. Yeah, like Black Shadows is on the flap. And, yeah. Um, the Jets. I don't think I have any of the Jets. You're the, talking the original about – Seekers. Talking about like the original Seekers, like yes. Starscream them? Yes. Uh, 85 Super Life Form. I don't think they were doing that kind of promotional stuff yet. So you think maybe it just came along later, like with I, the, uh, the, it, the Target it, Master, Headmaster series and on? It sounds like or did it stop from there? Thing. It's it really like the the fact well, what you listed off all those characters right away. It seems like a very isolated 1987. Because mm -hmm. I own I own a Transformers 2010 Mint and Box Rodimus Convoy and Hot Rodimus, and it didn't come with those. It came right. with their original uh, character card tech spec, you know, standard Japanese. Right, thing. right. But there was no like extra whatever. Um, I I don't own unfortunately any. Well, let me think here. No, I see nothing Mint and Box. Like if there was something unique, I'd ride it. Just off the top, I'm, I'm just grabbing what I got here, but you you would get paperwork like this, yeah, in the Japanese, and like even this one shows the decoder, the yeah. sticker sheet, but it doesn't show a uh, card. Well, that's but, why it, it's but possible it does that have it, one. 
because it's I have this. That it could have been a promotion thing. The thing is, too, is a lot of time those kind of card stuff, uh, they would always have like – the term is called candy toys. You would have stuff that it's like it's a box, and it comes with a little bit of chocolate dots or whatever, and it will come with two trading cards. Uh, G1 had the uh, Choco Coco series which had a lot, again, a lot of trading card stuff that they had back then. And me, I, the only reason why I really know a lot about this is because the whole Rodimus insanity is like, I got to get everything. So, like, that stuff exists. There's, like, Transformers 2010, Choto Coco, Rodimus Convoy. Like, let me bust out the card here. I'll, this is my big book of Transformer cards, okay, that exist. And let's see. You get like all the really weird promotional stuff too. Right. So here, like here is this one. This is a, a phone card here. See, and then on the back it would show the toy in an outline. With well, now wait card. a minute. Now, I, I'm telling you, I got tons. I of have them. the same one, okay, and I have two of them, and they both came with my boxed Cyclonus. Both of them. From two so, different people at two different periods. One possibility is uh, they had a whole bunch and they were just throwing it in with the toys. Maybe. But, um, but you're right. They don't show them on the instructions. They don't show them on the box anywhere, nowhere. But it just so happens I happened to get two Cyclonus. Both of them came with the cards. See, and this one's here is dated 86. So that would be Transformers 2010 era. Let me see when this one's dated. Yes, 86. Yeah. Let me see what That's the other ones are dated. I'm going to go through all the 87. Archive, the archives here. Yeah, 86, 87. Yeah, well, there you go. So it's probably that era. Because, again, Transformers, 2000, uh, Transformers Super Lifeform, 85, which was its launcher uh, you know, they wouldn't do promotional stuff right away. Um, you know, just because it's risky. It's like, oh, Maybe this will do well. Maybe it won't. Well, I mean, I, I hate to hit you with that right on, you know, right out of the box, but I mean, it was just something that always bugged me because I'm That's trying to get, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to get the whole set, and I'm being told that there is no such thing as the whole set because it didn't make them, and I don't know if that's true or not. Well, it, it's again, that's the, it's it's the reason why I still do botcon to this day is because I'll go to I'll go to freaking uh, Hero Gongo's table. And I'll find something I never thought knew existed. You know what I mean? I'll go, I'll go like Azusa. I'll go to fucking Azusa's table, and there'll be like some trading cards or some kind of wacky Kabaya official thing that I totally missed off the radar. You know, so it's. Yeah, I mean, I, I did basically the same thing. I go to, to shows and like I never you knew this one. It did. You know, you, you got the little the little photos, gumball, the, the little gumball. Um, I guess they were kits. Oh yeah, they're, they're those, not Kabayas. Those, those, those I have a ton of those. A yeah, ton and, of those. Then, and then this one, and they're yeah. really they're they're parts formers. Yeah, those ones were probably uh, the most common of the Kabayas back then, um, because they were also the cheapest, and they came with really small box, and they came with lemon dots. Those ones, because I have a few mint in box ones. These right bought, here. Yeah, those ones specifically. Okay. Um, yeah, I wish I could show you my Rodimus one. It's I have that all packed. This is all going to go in the glass display later. But the Rodimus ones came in the mono colors too. Very simplistic transformation, almost to scale yeah. with the world's smallest stuff. Not too, not quite, but correct, pretty correct, close. very small. Um, very very small. Uh, 
I know that uh, those, they stem between, like it started in 85 and they go way up past, uh, they go up to about victory. I know they stopped around zone, but I know up to victory they did those. Because I, I know well, that there there is uh, a black shadow of that. I'm trying to remember. About that. I know, obviously, there's a Star Saber. I'm trying to, uh, yeah, they did a Road Caesar too. Yeah, they did do a Road Caesar. Well, but, I mean, my point being is that, you know, they... I didn't know these existed. And you go to these shows, and then all of a sudden you see them, yeah. and well, you got to get them. So I understand that. So you know, so just got to find it. So all right. So after Zone, we go into Return of Convoy, which you have. Uh, You're supposed to be quicker on the lead-in. I mean, supposed to be quicker on Convoy this. right there. Come on now. I could have slid it out there, but you know, we already <laughs> saw him. The first actual combiner for MicroMasters, six-liner. Yep, before the whole six-team came later. Yep. Let's see here, so, so we had six. Those are all – those but, ones are for uh, Operation Combination. Well, this my is question being is that they go in order because the number one would actually be six-builder. That's because you're in the next series already. Yeah, yeah six-liner was the was the first one. Okay, so C thirty uh, three seventy, just six-liner. Yeah. And then afterwards, they started numbering them. Yeah, those were for one, operation two, combination. Three. Yeah. Where's what was number four? We have six uh, turbos, six build, six-liner, six train. Uh, well, I've got. Let me let me see. Make make sure I get these right. Um, we got. Six builder. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Um, six wing. I'm looking at two six screens. Six wing. Yeah, there's six wing. The wrong colors. Yeah, I, I don't have the right one in there. You have the uh, American. Uh, six turbo. There's six turbo. Also has variant colors on it. I don't have number four. Which is Guard City, isn't it? That's probably why. And then yeah. six train. Yep. But yes, I, I'm I'm actually missing uh, six wing. I'm trying to get that one now. So, kind of the same transformation, same combination, just different variations. Yeah, same concept. The way that it uses its combiner parts to make a jet. Yeah. Or pseudo base mode. <laughs> yeah. You want to call it that? Uh, usually, um, the main. T team leader of whichever one it is has a peg on their foot that could peg into the jet mode uh like road police for six turbo to you to just throw an example out there has a peg on the bottom of his foot which then will peg into the center of the jet uh to like pilot it uh and it's always exclusive to one mold uh probably also featured one of the first female transformer toys but it was retconned into a female much later discharge from uh six turbo what uh, horrible name for a girl <laughs> yes, um, which was the fire truck. Doesn't look anything like a female. Uh, right there. Yeah, there you go. Yep. That then those those guys actually the reissue uh, while it has more paint in some areas has less paint in others. The original Japanese one had like different paint in different areas. Right. This, actually, this one. Uh, this one's the original. The and it actually came with. I think I still have the sticker sheet. For, I don't know if I do with this one or not. Let me see. Some of them I had sticker sheets still. You have the original tie for uh, six uh, road police. 
There's that one. For which one? Because Road Police, his his design is actually based off of a Japanese police officer, but a patrol officer. So he has like a tie. If you look at his design, and they actually had a sticker for it, I believe. You talking about for the, the the car? For the police car, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have the sticker sheet for it. See? Oh, unfortunately. Because he had like a tie sticker sheet <laughs> for his little tie. Huh. It's, a little, it's a it's a little design nod. A lot of people don't catch on him. Well, I, it's interesting. Yep. All right, and then what after that? Um, moving along. Moving back. Since we're well, then, then you have the big guys. Yeah, Grandis. Yeah, Grandis and Sky Gary outside. Of I don't feel like getting that one out, so you can do that. Yeah. Thanks, Sky Gary. Sky Gary, who was found in a warehouse for ridiculously cheap by the cases. Yeah, I got one of those. I think everyone has a a, a C10 Minton box Sky Gary somewhere. Yep. <laughs> I know I do. For I was like hundred dollars, sure, why not? You know. I think what was that? That was Bacon 2010, was it? I don't remember. Ten or eight? Nine, or maybe. Oh, I mean nine. It was nine or ten. I, like like it was like a just pulls out this case. Of them, and I'm like, I'll take one. Yeah, yeah everyone did. What are you talking about? I did too. <laughs> everyone was like, okay, how much? Okay. And Sky Gary also probably one of the most bootleg Transformers of all time. I think there's like yeah. a million different bootlegs of Sky Gary. Grandis had a huge base mode. Probably one Grandis. of the best MicroMasters. I love his base. I mode. think Grandis yeah. is probably the best one out of the entire line, honestly. Yeah. With his elevator and everything, so fucking cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that thing. And the spinning radars. Yeah, oh, everything. Again, and they're kind of like, not, they, they're not officially powered masters, but they still function on the same gimmick. And so. Grandis can actually combine with Diatlas. Yep. They can also uh, combine with uh, Metroplex. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Perfectly with Metroplex. I think it's probably the best com combination for it. I hate I hate to disappoint you, but I, I actually have another six turbo, which is all stickered up with the got the little police on the back and all that, and yeah. it's still missing that sticker. Yeah, it's, it's super <laughs> I guess small. it fell off. It's super small. It's yeah. super super small. The tie. So I thought, oh well. Now. Uh, that's why a lot of times when I find the Japanese one, the tie is always missing. Like when they did the American one, they painted it in, but not the American. Yeah, I think they yeah, they did an American yeah. release. Yeah, they called it Defensor. Yeah, that's true. But like when they did the Japanese reissue, they just painted it in too. Let's see if I can grab it. Oh, one thing I was going to bring up is that uh, uh, with these figures being late in G1, as we were talking later about the prices. Uh, some of these prices are probably prohibitive to a lot of people. But in some cases, there are alternatives. Uh, for example, Victory Shuttle brings a quite a bit of money. Yeah, um, they didn't even paint it. They didn't? No. no. They didn't? Oh, That's wow. That's the reissue. Huh. <laughs> I know they that still need an original. His face has a different color, and they painted the shoulders, I believe, also. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the reissue, but I know that it exists. Huh. I, I, all I have is the black one, because that was the only one that's like, I gotta have that one. That's, that's the vastly different one. Right. 
All right, Don, you were saying? Yeah, yeah uh, I, that there are some alternatives. Now, I have not kept up with the prices, so I'm not sure what they're going for, but at least it gives you another avenue for some of these late G1 toys if you don't have a slight variation. For example, Victory Shuttle, very popular in Victory and later on in Zone. They reused it as Thunder Dagwon for the Brave line yep. as well. And this was a significant remold and retooling of the figure. You also get a the small motorcycle, which was the, the first mode of the transformed human and it fits on the back so that yeah. does give you that so that that's a, that's a u- very unique look from victory shuttle but it's also it is it's to car it's the same mold so you have that as an option uh another option is with grandis yeah with the dug base you can you can get dag base from yeah. again brave command dagwan it does not have the powered feature so it will not link up to Star Convoy. The, the, uh, it does have the turning propeller. I mean, the, well, well, sorry, the satellite dish. The, the, the satellite. radars and everything move? Yeah, yeah so it's, well, that yeah. still moves. But it does not have the connector because a friend of mine, the year I bought him for $60. Yeah, he it doesn't have the little, like, like the Tetris piece, if you want to call it that, that little yeah, connector exactly. piece. And he That's bought Grandis for 250 yeah. And, and we try connecting my DAC base to his Star Convoy, and it just is not something – it just would not work. But, huh. again, if you, if, you, if you like the molds uh, and you're looking for something that's possibly a little bit less expensive, Takara did uh, reuse these. I, I would say that you're, you're definitely correct. It, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Oh, like not to mention what's cool also with uh, in the case of DAC base, he also comes with those little PVC figures of the main characters from yeah. the, uh, the show. Exactly, and uh, which are kind of cool. It's a nice little so, bonus. And the third character that they uh, uh, that they reused uh, is the Sky Gary was also redone in uh, for Brave Command Dag- uh, Dagarn. Mm. Uh, so you have an option of looking for some of these uh, Brave figures. Again, they're not going to be the color the same, but they're going to be by Takara or by Sonicong. So yeah. you do have an option for finding these molds if you don't mind them. Looking a little different. Yeah, and and the, the one you just mentioned before, Death Gary Gun, uh, he's probably the most true uh, to the original of all of them. Uh, trying to because I have a mint in box one. I believe it all. It didn't have the shuttle though. It has the red guns. It has the Micro Master. I think it has three micro trailers. It does it. it yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on a sec. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it came with trailers. Did it? One it, sec. It did. Hold on. It did. Oh yeah, it did. I'll be damned. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't really keep track of my brave stuff that often because yeah. I only I only pick up the ones that kind of were related to Transformers. Speaking of trailers, for example, Megamus. Did you get all those trailers in? Oh my! Tra- yeah, but I'm gonna stop for a minute, and we're gonna do our uh, our giveaway. Uh, we yeah. we decided that this time what we're gonna do is we're going to make a little bit of a challenge to it, not just who could do this or that and the other. But this little bitty jar has MicroMasters in it, since we're talking about uh, Zone and and all that and all the little MicroMasters. And if someone can message me with how many are in here, Mega Toy Fan is going to give you 
instead of their last year's exclusives. Men in the Box, B-Box, and Bird Bomber. Free. All you got to do is tell me how many are in here. How many do you think are in here? Because I don't know. I just threw them in there. A, a bunch. Give, give, give you an idea. You can find my little scale that I always use if I can find it. No, oh, yeah, here he is. My little scale. This is my little scale because everyone knows what a little Legends figure. And there you go. He's about that big. So if that helps you, great. If it doesn't, tough. So tell me how many it is. I need to get at least pe uh, 10 people to respond, and the closest out of 10 gets the prize. Now, back to what we were talking about. All the different ones. What was the first one numbered? Because we got 10, we got 9, and 6. I'm getting there. 7. Oh, I'm down to 4. Three and two and twelve, and of course I'm missing number one. But I'll we'll start with number two. Number two. There's number two. Hot Rod Patrol. Which they didn't change the figure or the the the, the little guys any, but it did come with the little white trailer. Number Which three. Which did connect to Sky Gary. Well, and it also could be put inside uh, Star Convoy. Yep. Or Grandis. Grandis or has Grandis. a flap that holds down. All right. Was this the military patrol? That one, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, exactly the same also. No changes. All right. Number four. Where the hell's number four? Number four. This is where they started taking the combiners and breaking them up. Uh, you only got two of the combiners from the series, from that set, but you got your little uh, little tanker in there as well. Yeah. I believe that one's the Metro Squad. Uh, that one. Astro, Astro, isn't it? In yeah, this Astro? Astro. That's the Astro. Astro Squad, yeah. Well, only two of them. Yeah. And the gray number one. five. Was, was it in the fifth one? In the, yeah. No. And here's the fifth one. There's the Metro. Which had the other third member, and then I, had the first member of – isn't that the construction squad? Yeah. No, those two are Metro squad. Well, you have Pipeline. Was, was, the, the, was there four in a set or th two in a, or three in a three. set? Three. 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 Those two are Metro yeah. squad, though. And then the – which one was not Metro squad in this one? You already showed that one. That one's Astro. Okay, these two are Astro. Yeah. yeah. Next two are Metro. These two are Metro. Yeah. Okay. And let's see what number six is. And number six was? Half and half. Yeah. So one of each of the, the two. Yeah. It's completed the set that we got in the U.S. I yeah. believe that one's missing Power Punch and what was the other well, guy? here's number seven. There's the construction. Yeah. Instructor squad. And then number eight. There's Power Punch. Yeah. Nine. Military. Yeah. Okay. Straight up. And number ten. This is where they went back to Rescue Patrol. Reissue. Yeah. 
and 11 was now this is where they they actually changed the colors of this one the battle patrol yeah, yeah and it is a different color yeah there's different colors yeah. sunrunner is different flak is yeah. different and then number 12 and this also had a couple of uh, different colors in this one too yeah only the blacks the same as the U.S. Yeah, the uh, uh, what do you call it? Blackjack is still the same. Now is the yellow because I haven't pulled that one out yet. But the yellow one is it the same? It looks the same. No, it was purple. That one was purple. Yeah. Okay, maybe I was thinking of the the Corvette from the. Yeah, because you're thinking of yeah. Uh, yeah. Road Handler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Detour was the yellow one in that set. Yeah. Okay. Road handler, I think you're reminding yourself of. Okay, so See, there's that, all that. That's why I didn't get. It. That's why I didn't get that much in the zone past the Japanese only figures. Is I had all the MicroMasters and the trailers for me didn't do anything for me. So I. Well, it didn't until I found that some of them were different in color, and I just you know I at that point. You got to get them. OCD kicks in. It, yeah. it did. Yeah. It was just like, I, 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 I got to have them. I got to well, get them. Got to get them. I'm, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> you know, it's Maybe. it's the same with these stupid things. Do I need them? No. But then I found out they're out there, and I'm like, got to have them. Got you know? yeah. well, yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm going to throw them in a book and forget about them. But I got them. I got them. So. Well, all the it's, thing of it is, I'm so sick. I was so sick of MicroMasters when I was learning about this stuff. It's like I don't care. It's the same toy. It's a minor pain. That for me, that's what it was. Is well, I I can honestly say that when I went and I decided I was going to get every G1 U.S. Transformer, the last thing that I tried to complete was MicroMasters because I did not like them. They were the last thing on my list, but they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, they, they're definitely. I mean, as many as you can get. You know, they don't take up a whole lot of room. You can get a whole lot of them. And with the play sets and everything, I mean, they're just... Oh, uh, they're that's neat. true. But it's, it's like Minicons. I am so sick of Minicons. I do not want any more Minicons. Minicon ever. variant collecting? Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no arms that my store exclusive for no, buying 6,000 yen from this small little chain in Japan that was only in white when it was released on the Golden Weekend, which is a three-day event that only happens in Japan every four years. Ah, oh, yes, oh, but, but, but you will track it down and buy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can say what you want about it, but you're like, I got to have it. Like my my, cur my current thing like that right now is Safety Prime from the uh, from the new Transformers. Uh, what's it called? Their line, the Alternative one with the chicks. Super GT. Oh, Super GT. They have Safety Prime, which was only handed out to little children at an event, and I'm like, Ugh. that, has, that hasn't is. fallen That's into the secondary thing. market yet. There's one. What I know I where it is, Daniel. Oh really? Yeah, I'll give you a link to it. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, and there you go. See, that's how deals are made and friends are made. I said, you know, there you go. That's how wallets are broken. And, yeah, uh, that too. <laughs> and, and addictions are fed. That's true. I'm spending that's true. money. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for something like that, I'll call Hydra. I'll say, can you get me this? Uh, no. Yeah, Hydra. I'm fine. Then I'm fine. I'm fine. Hydra, uh, I use them for all my weird Shit, that's the ones like when I need to find the weird stuff. Yeah. Well, he got me. He got me my 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 Kamen Rider Fi's DX belt. Yeah, he's getting about, into the about, Sentai stuff now. Yeah, yeah. About three years wow. ago. So it was like so I got my Fi's DX belt, so I was happy. 
Well, I think we got a little bit of time. Why don't we go ahead and do uh, the Out to My Wallet and let us know what, what you've bought recently that uh, made your wallet go, ouch. Uh, we'll start with Brycey. I haven't really bought anything this week. Pull oh, crap. A, Pull something out. No, I actually got a gift. A friend of mine sent me Dreadwind and some smokescreen. Mo one of the most awesome figures ever created in plastic. If you're a Transformer fan, you should own this in some variation. I got sent that this week in the mail with some Generations figures. Pretty pleased nice. with that. Nice. Don, you have anything? Well, I've, I bought. I, I literally have an ouch my wallet. Uh, I, I mentioned that last week for Botcon. Uh, Botcon and airfare from the east coast to the west coast is not. Fun. Yeah, but yeah, but that's a big ouch. Yeah. Uh, I, bought, I, sucks. I, I, I did get some stuff. The bigger uh, ouch for the Canadian. Trust me. I know. I did, well, that's, I did. That's why we're going to TFCon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did pick up one of the hard. Thank you to Paladin over on Superhero Time. I picked up. Common Rider Gaim, Catch oh god, Catchadori, Catch Arms, basically. It's very hard to find. I picked up uh, two seasons of very of, of Digimon. Season Tamers and Frontier. Uh, picked up this little rare guy. Cosmos. Ah, that's, that's going to be on my list for the history. Yes. Uh, this one is actually a duplicate. This one is bound for Mr. Mike McConaughey at BotCon. Uh, I, have, I, I I've gave him, the last couple of years he's been there, I gave him a Legends Cosmos the first year he was there because he, did, he didn't have his figure. The next time he was there, I gave him, I gave him Reveal the Shield tracks. And this year he's getting a, uh, a, a new Cosmos. And the last thing I got this week was this guy. The Target version in the Robots in Disguise line Smoke of Jumper. Smoke Jumper yeah. and Dreadwing, yeah. which I which I went on eBay from a very from a very good seller. So, not yeah. really a lot of ouch, but some some good things. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, I was able to purchase. Um, I, I, I've told this uh, story before. My very, very first Transformer I ever got, because we was we was poor, was a knockoff cassette man. Because I could afford a $12 toy, but not the twenty four ninety nine that Soundwave went for. So my first Transformer was Cassette Man. And when I found out that it was actually a Diaclone Cassette Man, I had to buy it. And I actually found one after years and years and years. Oh, the headphones. And... It is just mint. I love it. The box has a little bit of wear to it, but the the uh, stickers unapplied. Everything everything's still on the spruce. It's still and gorgeous. and to top it all off, he also had. Uh, I love it. The microscope. Mm. So that 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 made me ouch a little bit. I would imagine. Well, the cassette man probably in that condition for sure. Um, I mean, I I. The whole time that I was looking for one, they were close to a grand, and I wasn't oh, yeah. going to pay it. No, totally. I wasn't going to pay it. Just for just to have the headset yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah. Wow. And, and and I got both of those for well under a grand, and I was very happy. Yeah. You know, you know, I've never. I've never. I've never researched the die clone. I've never gone back past G one 
looking for them. I had no idea they were running that expensive. That's oh, just, yeah. the, the mic- I, I had, some of it's just insane. Specifically, they're, they're crazy. The Daikon stuff is one thing, but what he showed the Microman stuff, right, uh, which is free, always has right. always has a crazy value. The Daikon stuff. It, it jumps up and down all over the place because a, a lot of the Daikon stuff has perfect counterparts in G1, uh, but almost all the Microman stuff has some kind of variant on it that makes it desirable. Yeah, almost just, every every single – except for like the mini cars. I think that's the only exception, the mini bots, yeah. uh, but everything else. Um, like no, you, they had sticker variations. Oh, that's true. Too. Well, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, you could argue that. They didn't have all um, makes me want to buy them. Yeah, but, you know, like I mean, stuff like like you, you take like um, Blaster, working radio, you yeah, know? in in the in blue, they had yeah, the blue, blue one. And a working radio, yeah. that's a yeah. and, and, and he had that's a little fun fact. His gun actually had little uh, earbud holders. Yeah, that that's why it had a hole in it. It was actually yeah, for the the bud to plug into. Has the hole, but no earbuds, which is right. Yeah, pretty cool. So, Proto Man, did you have anything uh, recently that you purchased? Uh, well, you know, the, the week that passed, the big uh, movie blitz happened, and I walked to Toys R Us and looked at the wall and was like, I left with how how I am is I always avoid mainline stuff because it all goes on mega clearance later, especially sure. movie stuff. I picked up a few like small cheapy Creo stuff because there's a lot of that too. The Creo customs and everything are nine dollars. They, they don't get any cheaper than that. Um, just like, uh, just like, uh, Donald there, um, I also picked up, uh, Cosmos and Swerve. They showed up recently in Canada. So, and considering that they're very scarce to begin with, kind of, they're spotty in releases, uh, I picked those two up. I was almost going to buy them from BBTS because I was worried that they'd just be difficult to get later. And aside from that, not much. Um, I was part of a Kickstarter campaign for the Mega Man board game and the, Tin sets of those came out, the Proto Man ones in the glass case up there, but uh, that's really about it. It's been it's been a quiet week. Even even imagine the week of a movie toy launch and nothing well, really bought. Well, this has been the most low key movie launch. Now, uh, the company I work for does carry toys, and we got in a big display for the top riser that has all the figure. It has some of the figures and characters on it. And my local Toys R Us is the smallest Toys R Us left in the chain. And at the at the secondary entrance, there's a great big arch that when you walk under it, Grimlock roars. Oh, and really? It says, it says Transformers, and you've got all the characters on the side. But there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of point of purchase display. But this is the most low key movie launch of the four movies. Easy. Oh yeah, and I the mean, funny thing is like. This this whole blitz of toys happened about a week ago, and I went back recently, and doesn't look like it's been ravaged. Doesn't look like people have been like eating it up or anything. Like there's there's no there's no as I like to call it there's no 2009 Camaro B toy. There's no like that one toy that everyone's trying to get right now. Right. Everything is pretty even. Everything is more or less you know the case assortments are pretty even. Uh, there's nothing that's really that hot toy that everyone's trying to get. Everything is, you know, like, hey, like, yeah, like the Evasion Prime's kind of cool, but there's no shortage of them either. Right. You know, there's no, like, oh, man, I, I can't find it because everyone wants to get it. Now, what would you I, attribute that to? Would you say that's more for, for lack think, of interest or more for a better distribution? 
I think people are just tired at this point. Not to mention uh, Hasbro's little gamble with uh, mixing the designs. Like you could look at crosshairs next to the same crosshairs that is like on the same card back concept. Like this is the drift one, right? Of the the wave two. Yeah. But you'll have like crosshairs, same thing, same art, but it's a different toy because you have that like simple two step, three step transformation. Then you have the more complex one. Um, people are getting confused by that, or they're just it. We've we've gotten so educated to this point now that we just wait. We just wait, you know. And it's it's also hard to make people want to buy toys when they don't know what the characters are. I mean. It, Think about it when 2007 movie came out and you saw Barricade. You saw Barricade and you're like, oh my god, he's going to be amazing in the movie. He's going to have like at least more than two lines, right? You know? <laughs> like, and it's the same thing. You look at Sideswipe and all the toys he had for Revenge of the Fallen and what his role was in the second movie. Two lines and that's about it. Um, so well, it's kind of like Jazz. Jazz pretty much like literally like nothing. Oh yeah, almost. I think Jazz did more than the two than the two I just mentioned. Jazz right. at least did something and died, you know. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you know you look at crosshairs and you go, it looks cool, but I can't emotionally invest in this character and this toy because he's probably going to be a blip on the radar in the movie. And yeah, you could look at the trailer and go, oh my god, he's John wooing and flying with the two guns. But you know what? That's probably his one scene in the movie. Which is the worst part, too. <laughs> and, also, yeah, and also, I'm not sure... Uh, does Canada have Target? Yes, we do. We actually got it recently. Okay. Uh, uh, locally, being here in Virginia and North Carolina, for me, and a lot of people, this shows, this shows had the difference in thought after the four movies. Target at all the stores locally had not put any product out for five days after the street date. Literally. Yeah, and, and the funny I thing is Target had all those exclusives of the previous movie line. Imagine. Yeah. And I, and I, and I yep. you have to wonder, is that, is that lack of interest on their part, not rushing to meet the street date? Is well, it, and you, should, you know, it could be anything, but back in back when the first movie came out, I had to tell the manager, Hey, you've got street dated product back there. For this movie, he says, really? So I, I, had, I had to tell one of the managers of the store that their product was supposed to be out that day. I think that it's a possibility that uh, – because they had – I remember there was a lot of Target exclusives for Dark of the Moon. They had a lot of this and that uh, Human Alliance thing, and then they had uh, a lot of those deluxe. I think Air Raid was a Target exclusive, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, for Dark of the Moon. Uh, he oh, came out a comic case. book. And Space Case, yeah. yeah. Space um, case. So and all those tattooed ones, you know, like they had those yeah. those Cybertronian tattooed. So they had a lot of Target exclusives for Dark of the Moon. I think all of that really didn't do well for them. I mean, do you really need another Bumblebee? <laughs> you know. Well, um, if you think about it, they've got that um, exclusive Abominus, and that thing's on clearance now. Oh I yeah, mean, so I think and there's there's shelf warming. They, well, they have that them. whole Predacon Rising line is exclusive only to them. So yeah, I think I think they got a little burned on Transformers. And I think that they probably didn't rush to get the latest thing right away. And what's where what's the Target has always been notorious for getting something in, marking it down really quick before anybody it else. Yeah. Exactly. The weird thing is the Legends, Bumblebee, and Optimus, Megatron, and Starscream. Those went clearance the same time the Abominus sets went clearance for like seven dollars. Then they came back in at full retail three months later. <laughs> And then we went clearance again. 
Yeah, and it, it was well, it's. I think that the interest, just across really uh, the fans, the casual fans, and the retailers, it's just it's it's not as not as big. It's not as big as it was before. I mean, who knows? Maybe the movie will come out. It'll garner interest in maybe a specific character. Who knows who that character will be? I mean, it could be a Sentinel Prime situation where, uh, you know, a lot of hype behind a character. You see the movie, and then you go, oh, there's a different twist on this, you know? So who knows? There, there might be uh, – and you know what's interesting too? Up to this point, I mean, I could be wrong, but we've yet to really have uh, characters in this movie line launch that will not be in the movie. Um, which I think is a first up to this point. I could be wrong. Maybe, um, what's his name there? The red Dinobot. I think his name's Scorn. Scorn. He probably yeah. won't be in the movie, but he's he's also part of like this different price point. But so far, it looks like a majority of the toys that are out are movie characters, which is a big change because in the past, every launch every launch featured tons of stuff that wasn't in the movie even if it was like a movie preview kind of thing you know well i mean you never know you don't we don't know what other repaints i mean we've seen repaints for the prime molds that they're putting out but we haven't seen very many repaints of the bumblebee or the crosshairs or i mean i know we heard about like the the uh diobots all being done in the g1 colors i mean that's almost an obvious thing yeah i mean I, i haven't seen any like crazy Oh, this isn't in the movie, kind of thing. Well, no, but I'm, I'm talking more about the. It's the first time ever that an initial first wave. That's everything that's out on shelves right now. Essentially, is more or less guaranteed movie characters, like more or less hundred percent, because from what we've just seen from trailers, because that's really all we're just basing everything off of. Right. Um, like you know, Drift is like I'll just look in the back of the car. You know, Drift is in the movie. Strafe is in the movie. Um, Optimus, Hound, uh, you know, Grimlock. Uh, Galvatron, but that's Wave Two. Well, uh, what about the um the two new Dinobots they released? That's the only one. Slash, Slash, and uh, the other one. Uh, uh, Scorn. Yeah. Scorn. Scorn. Scorn and Slash Scorn. are the only two that I think are the exception to the rule thus far. And man, are there going to be a lot of Dinobots? And the Brachiosaurus that's coming out as well. But that's later. That's uh, that's later though. That's that's like Wave Three, I think, much later. Um, but those are the only two that seem like are not going to be in the movie, where everything else of the product that's out thus far, all the different scales, all the different classes, everything is a guaranteed movie appearance character, which is, is, is a big change from the past. I think that they, they learned their lesson with stuff like uh, the Human Alliance Deluxes, you know, that it's a whole wave of nothing movie-related, really. I mean, it's movie-inspired, but not a single one of those characters appear in the movie. Then you have something like... Um, you know, the Stealth Force, which was Dark of the Moon stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that, too. Not really movie-inspired, but not movie-related characters. They did, like, whole sections of stuff that just didn't touch the movie. Again, those targeted exclusives. There was no tattoo Cybertronian Bumblebee. I think they're really trying to, to crack down and focus on just what's going to be in the movie. Uh, there's a lot more gimmicky lines now. Now there's, there's the, the Spark Dasher kind of thing. They got the one one push transformation thing, which is kind of like a gravity bot, but kind of not. You one have step Drew Grimlock that's like humongous. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's the, the well. That's the crazy. You know, then you have the Titan class, which and by Titan class, there's oh. the Titans that are the one piece piece of plastic with articulated arms thing. There seems to be a lot more. Like there's a there's a group set of characters, and they're just doing those characters in all these different price points. Like Drift, you know, Drift or or Optimus or Bumblebee, just getting every possible version that could exist. And yeah, now, but, not to mention well, the Creo too. Creo Constructabots, Creo. Uh, customs, the the Creo uh, little um, blind packs are just showing up now too. You know, well, so I mean, it's a lot the, of stuff. A the lot one that you're talking about, like those Titan class things. Honestly, I I think they're missing the boat there. I mean, with those Titan yeah. things, they have potential to be cool, but what they should have done was released them as jumbos. And I've said this before, they should put firing fist gimmicks on those. The, those the, Titan, sell, the Titan class thing actually is something that's inspired by uh, all of Hasbro's lines. Uh, it actually exists for Star Wars. It exists for the Avengers. It exists for um, anything that Hasbro has the, the license to. They have Titan class toys related to it. Uh, it's just it's an unfortunate thing. As a Transformer collector, we look at it and go, well, it doesn't transform. What's the whole point of this? But when I you mean, I this, myself, I would have bought it if it had like firing fist gimmicks. Oh yeah, of course. And I would buy every one of them because but I think again, it's cool. But again, that's something that, as a Transformer fan, we look at the gimmick. Where, but like when you look at say Titan class uh, Darth Vader, um, for a kid, that's all it really needs to be. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. just needs to be a Darth Vader that does this and maybe have a lightsaber. Same thing with a Titan class uh, Avengers Captain America or something. As long right, as it they has also have the uh, Bandai actually has their Power Rangers that are yeah, they have something very too. similar to that. Yeah, you're right with their um, with their uh, Megaforce stuff. Yeah, but that's just it. So, like it's it's this larger toy, but it's a cheapy kind of price point thing, you know, because it's it's very easy to engineer these toys because they're very simple, and it's 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 something that I think it has a, it does have a market. It appeals to kids, but the Transformer one just seems very odd to us because we're so used to toys that convert, and yet here's something that's really dumbed down, really simple, but it's it's just something that's a current staple right now uh, in Hasbro's you know stable of toy lines. They seem to do I, this I just, with everything. I, I looking looking at toys as much as I do in the stores, and I'm not seeing these Titan figures selling. Oh, just, they probably aren't. Yeah, I just I just I just see it as a waste of a a resource a resource hold. That they well, keep making honestly, these figures, they're not selling. It, it just seems to me if all these Titan figures up to this point have not done well, I can't see the movie Titan figures doing so much better. It makes everything sell better in that class. It's also, I think that um, it's demographics, from, man. I mean, honestly, yeah, it, you think about it, like us, a lot of us remember the the Shogun Warriors on the shelves when we were kids. Yeah, the Jumbo Fire. Yeah, and I mean, I've got them. I love those things. I think they're awesome because it's a jumbo, a large robot. And I think that's what they're trying to appeal to. Yeah, but what I'm saying, they're missing the boat if they don't give like a firing fist gimmick. Maybe give like a gun that's got a firing missile something to See, give a little that's more the thing to because it. That's all they look, need to do. You look at previous movie lines and what existed Transformer related around the time. If you had Dark of the Moon or you had Revenge of the Fallen or even 2007 movie, they always had some kind of gimmicky robo stompers, bumping battlers, fast action battlers. There was always some kind of gimmicky thing for the kids. Um, 
that is kind of absent this time around. So I think it's trying to fill that gap. If like movie lines in the past had robo replicas, robot heroes, um, it had uh, cyber stompers, uh, bumping battlers. You had fax fashion battlers. You had uh, what was the other one that they had? There was always there was there was just always so many. Well, options. they also had those. Uh, well, this is Prime Line, but they have those uh, remote controlled cars to transform and oh, they kind had of the, beat each the, the, I believe they called it the Go. Oh, radio control. A radio controlled. Um, my kid has a couple, and they're pretty cool, actually. I don't think they're bad. I mean, it's yeah. it's a great kid gimmick kind of thing. But what I'm saying is, they don't have to put electronics in these. They no, can no, of course not. Spring-loaded gimmick, fire a fist, or spring-loaded well, gimmick. Fires that's kind of what the Cyber Stompers did originally. They they had like um, I know like the the Dark of the Moon ones. They had like you know Optimus had opening wings for his jet wing kind of thing, and they always had something like that presently. And they did another one too. I think it was called Robo Smash. Oh, actually, I have one near here. They had the the Robo Smashers, which were just like you know something like this, which is a non-transforming figure, but it had a little like you know pop-up gimmick or whatever for the guns or something. I don't even remember how this one works. Oh yeah, it was like this. You know, just like a little gimmick. You know, it doesn't do much, but uh, hey, ooh, look at that. Oh, oh. The oh, kids yeah. love that kind of thing. But yeah, well, that's it. It's, it. And the thing is, too, is they're cheaper. They're cheaper because yeah. this here, it's about the scale of Voyager Megatron. It's about the same size. It's Megatron, but this thing was probably, I don't know, probably 999, where the Voyager Megatron was not 999. So I think it's also it's a cheaper alternative for parents to be able to get those expensive characters uh, that do the more or less the same thing. And I, I don't imagine a lot of kids transforming movie toys very easily back and forth. You know, so well, something well, like something like this really satisfies it. Yeah, I mean well, that, my. My my well, he's seven now, but when he got hold of some of these, he just he doesn't care about the transformation of some of those because sometimes to be it's too difficult. And that's why he's like he's more appealed to like GoBots and G1 Transformers and stuff like that because it doesn't take hardly any effort whatsoever to put quick it quick conversion you know, able quick to play with robot mode. Yep. Right, and well, I mean I'm not a big fan of the flip changers. I mean I can see the appeal now. But in a way, I kind of think it's almost insulting to some of these kids, especially if they played with G1 figures. If you think about it, their parents have G1 figures. They've seen them. They're like, what's this? And you do one thing, and it turns – and then, then 10 minutes later, they're, they're bored of it, you know? Well, and, and I'll tell you one thing. Like stuff like Rescue Bots, that is really hitting the demographic. Rescue Bots is, has been a runaway success for Hasbro. It sells very well, very, very well. Um, and that is something that is a simple transformation, but still is appealing even to the more adult market because it focuses on classic characters or homages classic characters in some sense. Um, has big play sets, you know. It has all kinds of uh, all kinds of play value for children, and that really works for them. Which is weird because I felt that Rescue Bots was created for that ages like two to seven demographic. Well it, it then, originated back in 2002. Remember the Play School GoBots that they yeah, put well, out? They did That's the where play. it originated at, they and then they the, just made them a little smaller as it's gone, gone well, on. They, they did originally the Play School Go, Go, GoBots, mm -hmm. and then they did the straight-up just GoBots, which was a whole other thing. Because first you had uh, Chopper Charlie and Rescue Roy. Those right. were, like, different. And then they did a different GoBots kind of thing, which was a focused universe with uh, BeastBot and SpeedBot and all of that. 
And those were moderately successful direct to, direct to VHS uh, episodes and fiction and stuff. And then they took the the GoBots uh, name and they now they use it for like Dark of the Moon sublines where it's like oh it's these auto transforming little pieces of crap and stuff. But they they really use the GoBot name all over the place now. But Rescue Bots really has been successful and I found it serves that demographic. Which when they told us that they were going to doing simplified movie toys, I kind of understood what they were doing because that's what Fast Action Battlers was to me. Yeah. Fast Action Battlers was you had your barricade deluxe and then you had your fast action battler barricade which was the simple you know three-step transfer that's why when fans got angry that they were doing that for the four toys i was like why are they do why are they complaining that's always something that's existed uh with the movie right. well fast the thing action is battlers was always around now it's not called fast action battlers it's just now the same thing with the deluxe packaging here and they'll put like you know oh now it's four-step transformation instead of 16 Right. I mean, it's like dad goes in to buy his drift, you know, his deluxe, and right there is a flip change. You know, he's got his four or five-year-old with him, and his son wants one. So he gets one that's almost the same size or similar, and then, oh, here you go. You can get this, you know, because it's cheaper. Yeah. It's easier and, for to transform, and they're and not going to be so frustrated. And I understand why that exists, because at least where the Rescue Bot line is aimed at that market, there still is stuff for kids who see the movies – that could still enjoy it on a different level. I, I kind of right. felt originally that's why Legends was created the first time around. I think when the Legends scale was created, um, it was to meet that purpose, to give that cheaper price point. Now it became Cyberverse, and it's a whole different kind of marketing idea. Create your world and everything. But well, back then, it was more just, hey, here's Optimus as a leader. Here's Optimus as a voyager. Here's Optimus as a fast action battler, and here's Optimus as a legend. That way, every price point is met, and each gimmick is met, because fast action battlers at the time had kind of a weapon gimmick thing going on. Right. Well, my, well, my kid actually has the uh, the Rescue Bots um, Optimus Prime, and with the newer line that they had coming out for those, the thing that really appealed to me was that Jumbo Optimus they have where his chest with the trailer. And it's like, no, not the one with the trailer, but the jumbo they have coming out. It's 22 inches tall. Oh, that The chest one. opens, and you can put figures in it. That I'm, I'm wanting that myself so I can just put mini bots in it because I just think it's sick. It's that actually awful. reminds me of Fortress X, which was a Diclon toy back in the day. Yeah, it, it really, all really very does. Very similar to that. A real Fortress, expensive one. Yeah, very Fortress expensive. X, very and, um, well, I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up between Fortress X's price and the Great Robot Base price. Yeah, those two are very similar in price because yeah. they're both so obscure and hard to get hold. You're of. right; they're both out of my price range. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I've, I myself, I have never seen a, um, like a great robot base go for less than twelve hundred dollars, even when it's getting bid on on eBay and missing pieces. Yeah. It's very difficult to get hold of one of those, and if you do find one that's missing like major parts, it goes for upward for like around eight hundred dollars. If you're trying to find a Fortress X, good luck. You're going to pay 14 to 16. Yeah, that sounds now, about right. Now, right. one thing for me, you were talking about fast action battlers and everything else. The one good thing I liked about the the simpler lines like fast action battlers is that they really didn't. It didn't feel like you were dumbing it down too much. It's like 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 the Deep Desert Brawl. If you didn't want the repaint of the Leader Class Brawl. You could get the fast action ballad version of Brawl, but sometimes, like for Frenzy, it was the only was, option. 
It was the only option, and there's nothing wrong with this with this figure. It's, no, no, it's, no. It's, it's simpler, and it's and it looks good in both modes, but it's not so simple like you were saying the flip changers. You know, you're done. You flip it open, and you're done in ten minutes. This has some play value to it. This is what's well, the same I, thing with Wheelie. Wheelie was the same way. He wasn't too hard to transform. It was fun to play with. Exactly, and this is why I don't see why they're going to the level of Titan heroes. Making those it's, when they when they can make something along this line that's not that much more complicated. And Don, honestly, what I think that is really what I think the entire Titan class thing is that is for a niche market they're trying to fill, and also just kind of a shelf fill type of thing. And also, like damn, what you like have to realize stuff. too is last year Hasbro pretty much wiped clean their staff and replaced it all with new staff. I mean, anyone who was at BotCon last year was introduced yeah, to the new uh, the new Hasbro new crew for Transformers. So um, I think that it, this is probably, you know, you could say people learn from their mistakes from the past. We had all these movie lines and animated in between and prime in between. But this is a new crew of guys that isn't aware of what has come before. That's why when exactly. they, when last BotCon Hasbro product preview panel, whatever you want to call it, when they were like, we're doing this. And I was in the audience going, we've had Fast Action Battler for two movies. How is this supposed to be something different? But it didn't dawn on me until afterwards. These guys are new guys. They don't know really what has come before. It, Aaron Archer wasn't up there. Uh, Brawley wasn't up there. And uh, Pete's not Pete Sinclair. Um, Greg Lombardo. Greg Lombardo. Thank you. Yeah. He went to he went to Plato of all things. But I'm hoping after this movie run is over, and if we do get another movie, they look at what's selling and what's not selling. Because they'll learn. Yeah, they'll learn. It's just I hate to see something like a fast a fast action battler that was the only way to get a frenzy not have a counterpart for other figures. And so you've got something that's either too simple and boring or too complex for the kids. Or they've lost that middle ground. Well, yeah, and – in, in the case of like Frenzy, all he had was a Robo replica, and then he had a uh, a weird Jolly Bees uh, fast food exclusive, which didn't turn into a robot mode. So don't worry, you're not missing anything there. Um, yeah, like it it, it it had a weird purpose, the Fast Action Battler line, but at the same time, it was it was that simpler price point for kids. I always feel that that was the main purpose for, it. and it was it was more or less the same price as Deluxe's. It's just that it was you know, engineered differently because it had a, a spinning gimmick or a missile gimmick or something. You know, there was always an emphasis on that or yeah, a light-up I mean, gimmick. I mean, the, th the big thing, though, I mean, I, I, I think the reason why a lot of stuff sitting on the shelf is some people are kind of sitting back waiting to see what this new cartoon is going to be about as well. That they Yeah, well, that, that's, that's my belief, too. Myself? I I was a big fan of animated. I loved animated as a cartoon, and the toys were solid. During the whole movie line, honestly, I really did like the animated stuff over the movie line. So there could be some individuals like me out there that are just sitting there waiting for that. Well, animated also was one of those lines that literally, not I think with the exception of one character, everyone was in, in the show. Every single toy. I mean, okay, there was repaints that were inspired. You know, like, okay, here's a Elite Guard Bumblebee. You know, or, or uh, Highway. Magnus. 
Yeah, but but in but all all those characters at least uh, were in the show. So when you would look at a wall of animated toys, you could identify with each one of those. Where if you were at that time, two thousand eight, looking at any of the movie stuff, I I don't think there was much movie stuff. There was tons of movie stuff in two thousand eight, but there wasn't much movie stuff that you could relate to. Like you even look at the at the time two thousand eight, uh, the Walmart exclusive deluxes, which were like Big Daddy. And um, what were the other ones they did? They did uh, Crasher. Yeah, yeah. Where it was, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The the breakaway. The breakaway one. Yeah. You know, like they were doing a lot of weird stuff that to, to a lot of people they'd look at that yellow Thundercracker Cybertron repaint and go, you know. And if you're unless you're a GoBot fan, what was Fracture to you really? You know, unless you yeah, really right. like the Mirage Bolt. And yeah. the same thing, unless Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Unless you were like a really hardcore, like, oh, hey, Big Daddy, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, well, believe me, there are hardcore Big Daddy fans out there, trust me. Yeah, they <laughs> are, there are. But it, yeah, but that's, well, a, that's, well, a different, that's a different that site actually, podcast altogether, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. also the mold that they used for Big Daddy came from the Energon, which wasn't Cyber, a bad – It was actually Cybertron mold. Cybertron, sorry, Cybertron. I, I get those all mixed up. Yeah, but it's all the same. It's just – I mean, it, it's all the same, but the thing is – it honestly wasn't a bad mold, and I think probably people that would probably pick that up would be like guys who are really into muscle cars because it's a muscle car. So, yeah. but there there was a reason why a lot of the animated stuff appealed to you more because that's when the movie line was just putting out product just to kind of because the movie did really well, the toys were selling really well. And Hasbro was encouraged to extend that movie line as long as possible. Those toys I just listed, Big Daddy, Fracture, and all that, those were supposed to be classics toys. They were originally supposed to be packaged as classic toys, but because they were so successful, the movie line, they got repackaged instead as movie toys. So yeah. it, was, it was a whole different ball game, and and it's the same thing. Then you got a lot. There was a lot of store exclusives in 2008 of movie stuff. You had like Hero Evolution Bumblebee, where it had like three different Bumblebee toys from three different releases. Well, one of had, the uh, one of the ones I got, I think it was from Dark of the Moon, was the uh, Toys R Us exclusive that had the Legends Bumblebee, that was um, the classics version. Then it had the movie version. Then it had the Starscream. And the two different variants as well, all in a four box or a yeah. package set, which was kind of cool, you know. Well, they were they were do again. They were just doing a lot of stuff to get you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Mileage out of those molds. They did the same thing with uh, Walmart. Did a three pack where it had a Rodimus figure, you know, which was like, oh, there's no movie Rodimus, but yet here's this movie Rodimus figure, you know, that came with a Soundwave and a Bumblebee together and that was a walmart exclusive so they're they're all i'm really skeptical about the future of this movie line because what people tend to forget was the dark of the moon movie line was actually very short and it was actually cut off early there was a lot of stuff at the end of the dark of the moon movie line that was going to come out and just really never did like where's that deluxe sound wave or the human alliance sound wave or yeah, a lot of that stuff that was supposed to come out either got nixed completely, or it's in really low numbers and it appeared in Australia and China and stuff like that um, because it wasn't selling well. Dark of the Moon did very badly the toy sales, so it got pulled very quickly. Where uh, Revenge of the Fallen 2007 movie were runaway successes. So I think people are burned out, and I'm going to be really curious to see how this, the stock moves post 
uh, I think it's what is in late June. The movie comes out mm-hmm. like after the movie comes out, then I'm going to curious to see how, if the movie comes out and we still have that wall of toys. Oh boy. Now Hasbro is going to really have to go back to the drawing board. It's going to suck too, because this is all going to happen after BotCon. So it's going to suck well, because we're not going to be able to get their direct reaction right away and go, I think we made a mistake, you know? Well, one of the big things I look at when it comes to, like, you know, toy releases, you know, in, you know, in conjunction with movie is, you know, you think about Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim put their figures out on the, on the market before the movie. And whenever the movie a, came out, those things flew of, off the shelf because they were pretty of, decent. A lot of big budget movies, though, put uh, the toys out beforehand. Um, that's actually what kind of kills some toy lines is because if they do it too early, a good example, the Tron toys yeah. or um, Speed Racer, stuff that came out like two months before the movie came out. So by the time the movie did come out, already the stores were tired of it and already trying to put it on liquidation. And then that makes the toys look bad to the retailers even before the kids or even the adults have any way of connecting with it. You know, people saw Pacific Rim, they loved it, and then they wanted the, the toys. But luckily right. the Pacific Rim toys didn't come out two months before. Where no, stuff they like came tr- out like a month literally before. Yeah. Where stuff like Tron... Same with Godzilla, honestly. Godzilla's kind of been the same way. Look, they what happened that. look at the Robocop toys. Another mm-hmm. good example where they put the toys out way too early... People don't garner enough interest in it. Yeah, there's the people who go, hey, it's RoboCop nostalgia and pick it up. But a lot of us make those purchases based on what we see, the connection with the fiction, whatever that is. I mean, part of what Donald likes about Frenzy probably also stems from what he enjoyed in the movie. You know, the character. You know what I mean? Like, well, you- it, it, it was nice to get an actual transforming version of the character. That's what... But but the thing is, your your enjoyment of the character partially stems from what you saw in the movie, correct? Not really. Well, so you yeah. were sold right away on the fact that he turned into a cassette player before there was even a you know a toy. Well, I, I was basically sold that it it was the nice representation of the character. Well, and it, 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 and it had in a, a sense, and, in a sense, and it had a gimmick that actually kind of made sense for the character. But you know, I, I don't. I don't have undying love for this figure. But it helped I mean, make the purchase decision, though. No? Yeah, but I, but I miss I miss this level of simplicity without going all the way down to what we've got this time. It still exists. The simplicity still exists on the fast action battler level. It's just that I think that what bothers everyone it's the paint. I think that. This time around, we got screwed with paint. I think that all the toys are missing a lot, of, and we're talking, we're talking stuff as 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 big as a leader class. I mean, this is a leader class. This is something yeah. in Canada. This is sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and that and and and, and, and look I've at that. A little bit yeah. of chrome, a little bit of paint there, and that's and the story. Look at truck mode, truck mode. I mean, the headlights aren't even painted. They're just oh yeah, there. And then and then you like you go down. You go to like Voyager. Now, granted, this is probably one of the better Voyagers, but I mean, this one has a lot of paint. But uh, even Evasion Prime, kind of lacking on the paint, unfortunately. It's still a good toy, yeah. but kind of lacking. And you go to like Drift. I have Drift over there. Not a lot of paint on him. Here's a. Uh, well, Crosshairs, the big problem with Crosshairs is so much black, it's hard to tell what's what. 
and crosshairs is one of those examples. You look at the the toy on the packaging, like on the back, and it has a lot more paint applications than the final product. Which right. is that was because crosshairs is one of those toys that um, in the packaging because it's packaged in robot mode. Uh, you look at it and you go, huh, is that even the same toy? Because it's actually like mistransformed when they put it in there. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the back and you're like, it doesn't even look like the same toy. It looks well, like a completely different toy. Well, on Evasion Mode Prime, I believe if you look on the back of the packaging, you'll see it has silver shoulders. Yep. Silver Literally. upper arms. There's tons and, of, of paint apps missing. Tons, tons yeah, and tons. And the same thing. Dreadful. Well, I mean, okay, well, I don't, I'm – I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was me and you that had this discussion before, Proto Man, but we were talking about where um, the manufacturers, like Hasbro and Takara, sometimes don't have control over the manufacturers making it, and sometimes they cut paint budget without even telling them. Well, usually what this is, um, this is what's called a sample and usually samples also run through Photoshop. That's a thing, too. Uh, the best example that I always give people is uh, look at your a Minton package uh, animated Rodimus. And you look at the actual toy, but then you look at the toy that was actually on the back of the box. It's a completely different painted toy that was actually like it – was, it just Photoshop. It was like maroon in a really weird pose. And um, another great example, probably the best example, I'll show you this one here. We all know this guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there really he is, right there, in, in robot mode. Right. But the photoshopped image on the back. Look at that chest there. See what they did was they actually photoshopped. I don't know how they did it. They took the front of the car because you can't even do that on the toy. By the way, you can't transform the chest like that. It's um. It's very interesting how it's, again they they kind of do weird Photoshop jobs. Where mm-hmm. the toy – this is literally not a picture of the toy. This is like a a picture of a sample that then has been photoshopped like crazy in color, you know, because a lot of um, – a well, lot of – this, uh, this kind of makes me wonder because like, okay, you got a manufacturer. You send them a copy you say oh, this is what the toy is going to be like. And if they do like minor changes and stuff, instead of the guy like completely getting like a whole new copy of the picture of the toy – I'm wondering if sometimes the manufacturer just sends like a certain section picture of the toy, and what they do is they try to impose that over what's supposed to be on the. They're back trying of the to make box. the toy look good, and then they protect themselves by putting that little line always at the bottom. Product may vary in colors and blah blah blah. It's always at the bottom there. It's been at the bottom for years. It's been yeah, because they don't want to get in trouble for false advertising, and, which they have in the past from doing that. Oh, many times, many times. But it's just they, they've always been able to get away with that kind of thing. They've always have, and unfortunately, this time around, it's really noticeable. I mean, it's it's always been around. There's always been since the days of Universe 1.0 and Armada, where you look at the packaging of how the toy looked, and then you look at the actual toy. There's always one or two paint apps missing. Oh, uh, a mag isn't painted silver this time around. But this is the first time, really, that it's become very noticeable because – like entire sections of the character are missing paint. Right. And it's like, I mean, Drift is, I mean, I couldn't believe how little paint was on this toy. And that's supposed to be one of those better deluxe toys. You know, that's supposed to be one of those like, oh, wow, this is uh, this is one of the better ones. This isn't one of those simple kitty ones, but it isn't. 
But like I said, I mean, I'm wondering if maybe it could be on um, the manufacturing plant itself saying, oh, we're going to budget cut this anyway because, you know, and then they well, get away with it and Hasbro and Takara are stuck with what they get. Well, no, it, that I mean, it's happens not Takara because the, the difference how retail works in America as opposed to Japan is a different story. In America, we have something called price points. And the reason why they're called price points is not necessarily size. We always think size. We always say deluxe, Voyager. But price point is actually a cost point, meaning that this toy is going to be $14.99, a deluxe, let's say, and it has to cost X amount of money to make our profit margin to $14.99. A good example of that is we got Armada Hotshot, a deluxe, and he was fourteen ninety nine or ten ninety nine or ninety nine, whatever it cost in the United States at the time in two thousand two. But in Japan, they got Hot Shot, but he was one thousand nine hundred yen, and he had an LED gimmick in his fist. You pushed a button, and his fist would light up to do a light up gimmick. Yeah, it was now, for the um, the Star Saber Sword. For the Star Saber Sword, exactly. Now the reason why they're able to pull that off in Japan is because there is no price points. They have a wall of toys. And one deluxe could be 1,100 yen, and another deluxe right next to it could be 1,200 yen. And it could be totally just because of paint. It pretty much is whatever it costs is what it is in its profit margin. There is no price points. But because in America we have price points, all these toys are engineered. They're engineered in Takara and for the American market. They don't think about both. They think about the linear line and then they go okay the takara one's going to do this because there's no limits that's why they always have more paint look mm -hmm. at the entire animated line every toy is painted from head to toe nothing is molded in plastic there everything right. is you know you can look at it and go oh my god everything's so shiny but think about it every toy was painted from head to toe it wasn't molded in that color it was painted that way so imagine the, the budget there for every animated toy in america in, in japan but then you look at animated in america Price points. Everything has to. If you're in the deluxe price point, you got to do this, 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 and that. Don't put too much paint. Oh, there's too much tempo graph here. Rodimus has to have his chest, his, his chest flame. So let's take away from the rear lights, or let's do something. A good example. Uh, deluxe Rodimus for Energon. His Japanese version has a flame on his spoiler. The mm -hmm. American version doesn't. They just, and that's the only big difference between the two. They're relatively the exact same toy, but just one had just a little more paint budget to put it on the spoiler, and one to be in the American deluxe price point of $9.99 couldn't have it there. And I guess having a trading card instead is the trade-off, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know just, that was that market at the time. Well, like, let, me, let, me, uh, let me change topics a little bit um, just because we're, we're kind of running out of time, but I wanted your thoughts. Um, give me in 20 words or less – your pros and cons of what you feel BotCon's going to be this year? Pro? Um, Pasadena is always the best damn location. And that's coming from a guy who has to travel all the way from the East Coast in Canada. Pasadena couldn't be any more further away from me. New York would be better in terms of location for proximity, but I think Pasadena is always the best. Uh, good hotel location to all the stuff that's around. You have that nice mall there. You know, it has all that stuff, the food court. If you want to eat cheap, there's a, a grocery store right there. It's gone. If you, want, if you want to eat expensive, there's that slick, rich kind of like mall 
right there. Walking distance. You look outside your window of your hotel room, it's right there. Uh, Pastina has the convention center right next to it. It's not one of those built into hotel room kind of things. It's actually its own separate, big, beautiful convention center. It has that cinema next door, which I'm not ruling it out yet. We might get something special. Who knows? Maybe the Primus Package guys or maybe even the Gold Ticket guys might uh, get something a little special. They have that big uh, big uh, cinema theater thing going on there. Um, walking distance from a Target. Walking distance from a Walmart. Uh, all the other Passbot cons didn't have that. They don't have that. They, they, uh, the Disney one is the worst example. You know? Right, right. I was yeah. about to say, uh, down here in Florida, you know, because I've gone to MegaCon past three years and the, the big downfall of that area is you literally have to have transportation to go eat. And when you do, you're stuck in the tourist district where you're, the prices are jacked skyrocket. Exactly. And it's stupid. It's it's actually kind of but dumb. And it really past past Bacons, like if you go backwards, the San Diego one, you were kind of – if you were doing stuff on foot, you were kind of screwed. The, the Bacon previous to that, the Texas one, you could go. But was hilarious. The hotel people were like, "Don't go out at night. You're in a really rough area." Oh, that's great. So you can't like hit up a McDonald's. The McDonald's was literally a 30-minute walk away, which was not fun. This one, everything is close. The only con I could think of is it's an expensive trip for a lot of people. West Coast isn't it? Like again, and take it from me, it's an expensive plane flight. It's a long plane flight. But I still feel that it's the best location. I, if, if you had to tell me Bacon should be only one place every year, every year, it would be Pasadena. Well, I think. Do you, I think do you that, remember? Do you remember 07? 07 was that oh, was okay. our um, classics year, right? Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky was okay. It's 07 and 08 were very similar. In well, that, you, you had Kentucky and then you had Ohio, but in Kentucky. And I know I, I live in Kentucky, but that's beside the point. Uh, I don't care where it's at. It was close to everything. Yeah. You, you had well, all those stores there. You had all that, and it was – you had everything you're talking about. And by the way, I can't stand Pasadena. I am so sick of it. Oh, are you? Move okay. it around. Move it around. I'm, I don't yeah. give a crap where they put it. Put it in Wisconsin. Put it in New York. I don't care. Move it around. I'm sick of Pasadena. going back because they probably have a deal over there. It's cheaper. It has to be. Yeah, well, the, the problem is even if it's cheaper, even if it's cheaper, that's not going to change our Primus package prices. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say cheaper for us. That's not going to – we're, we're not going to benefit from this cheapness. Trust no, me. No. If, if, and, if and as a matter of fact – If brings it to a location that costs him a penny and a sandwich to get, he's still going to charge us. Sure. The, but here's the thing. Here's where the people are, are actually hurting. The dealers. Oh, of course. Dealers are hurting. Of course. All right? You have the same people seeing roughly the same stuff every time. Of course. You need to move it, it around. It, it's who's who. Hey, and you're who, talking to me here. Who runs TFCon? Okay. I, I know how. Exactly. And here's the thing: it kills me. And what do they do every year? Increase the price of the booth. Oh God! Increase I, the price. We wanted to get a, a table just to advertise TFCon at first, and. We were looking at the prices, and right now, single tables are sold out as of this recording, uh, and they only have booths left. And I think it was like 800 bucks or something. I mean, imagine you're selling product, right? That means you're selling $800 of product for free. You might as well give it away before you see a penny of profit, 
before you break even. You might as well I might as well walk up to your table and go, I want that Minton Box ride in for free. Because yeah. that's kind of what you're doing. You're giving something you could have stayed home and given me that ride in for free and you're getting the same experience, kind of. You know what I mean? Right. So that's and and the sad thing is, is that dealers are what pay for the rental. If for to do simple math, if it takes you a thousand dollars to rent a location and you have ten tables, that means you charge a hundred dollars a table, you break even. Right. That's how it works. But Brian Savage probably at this point has a good deal with this convention center. If they keep revisiting it, that means you've created a relationship. It's those Transformer guys. They're coming back again. So that means you have some kind of relationship. That means you probably at this point have greased the wheels. He, he always does um, special con rates. And you know what con rates are? Con rates don't benefit us. They actually benefit the organizer, and I'll tell you why. Because when you sign up for your hotel room and you put a con rate discount, you're not so much getting a discount, but you're telling the hotel, I'm coming for this. And that tells the hotel, oh, if all these people sell out our hotel room for this convention, then maybe we should give them a deal because they're guaranteeing us selling out our hotel room that weekend. That's a way to, you know, grease the wheels to get more of a deal for Brian Savage. So he gets the cheap hotel room rates from, from now Pasadena. He gets probably the cheap rental rate, but yet increases the price of dealer room. That doesn't right. make sense because he's probably saving more now that it's his third time coming back, not to Pasadena specifically. In, in, in California, it's not his third time. It's his fourth, but – or even uh, – I'm not counting the Hallett years. So that wouldn't count – um, it's, it's way too many. It's leave it. I mean, to yeah. me, <laughs> honestly, what I what I see suffering like is the the like you know like Megamus you know comes in. He's he's there all the time. But you got some of these smaller dealers that come in that try to sell their stuff and they have issues with that. The well, guys I see that are benefiting from that. A lot of the guys are the third party guys because they make their money on the side all the time from it. Megamus also probably remember the dealer room last year. How much of an empty shithole that was i literally i literally and, and this is something i should never brag about but tfcon was it was the first time we had a bigger deal room than bacon that is crazy I, I remember i was at both i shouldn't even be saying that you know that should never happen bacon should always be the bigger show but i well, literally you, counted you, 51 unique dealers at bacon tfcon well, had a remember you, you weren't. I, I don't know if it was you, but someone else said, and they were true, that during a Saturday, you could stand at one end of the dealer room, yell at someone at the other end, and they could actually hear you. Yeah, and see it, was, you. it was. It was, and you could see that yeah. they had high hopes to fill that dealer room because there was all that space. Remember all the art was? Yeah. It was all that empty space that you could have like, you could have put like two hundred tables in that corner. It was so you could put a wrestling rink in that corner, you know. Like it was just, it was so empty that dealer room. You could, you could like shoot a gun bullet and it would hit nobody, you know. It was just so empty. Like well, so so you're saying your pros and I would disagree is a location. I well, I think that um, for people that are doing their first Bacon, uh, they'll enjoy it. If you want to the conduct the Kentucky thing, I could I could agree there. Same thing. 08 also had kind of that cheap eats kind of close. Well, well, for one thing, I, I was wrong. It was 06. It was 06. Uh, was in Kentucky. There was a separation from Kentucky and, and Ohio. Uh, Ohio was a little different because you were in the downtown. You did have a little bit more 
crime, this, that, and the other. So that's why I would pick the the, the Kentucky location more so than the Ohio. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it had everything. You you had cheap food. You had entertainment. You had you had a good box set. But I mean, that's, that's hit or miss. Awesome. Those are all hit or miss. The locations, yeah. what I'm talking about. And yeah. and yeah, it was close for me. So I'm gonna. But that had, that still seriously had nothing to do with it. I'd go where regardless where it's at. Why else would I go to Pasadena for my fourth, fifth, sixth time, whatever? Well, that's another but, thing. But, we, but you do, uh, I just disagree with Pasadena because it's been used too much. It's dry. It's too dry. Go somewhere else. Well, I think that also in the case of Savage, um, he's bringing it to locations because most of BACON staff um, is volunteers. And uh, Brian Savage, a lot of his volunteers come from his church group. Whenever you go to get your Primus package, it's a nice old lady. That's reading your name for the first time. Oh, you're Daniel Arsenault. I've never heard of that name. You know, like, is that French? You know, but it's just, it's, it's a lot of old ladies and stuff and everything. It's from Brian Savage's church group, and they're all volunteers at work. So when he brings it to Texas or when he keeps it in L.A., um, he has that contingency that he could bring those people. I think that uh, when he probably brought the Kentucky, um, great for us. But I think from his perspective, it was like, I can't bring all my people here, and maybe he didn't get a good deal, you know, or there's 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 always that underlying – again, running shows myself of that same big capacity, there's always those kind of things that help us make those decisions. Same thing with TFCon. We used to do it at one location. Then we did it at another, and they were so much more conforming to us. Anyone who's ever done uh, the more recent TFCons, uh, we have – um, a bar that is completely Transformer themed. The waitresses wear Autobot logos on their breasts, you know, the little button. <laughs> and uh, they serve, if you see the menu, uh, it's, if you do Google Images for the, the bar menu, you have like the, the, the greatest drinks. We have like I, all got, I got one around here somewhere. Yeah, where we had the, it was, well, it, it was called, well, that well, too. There, was, there was one drink, it was orange, I, like it was like an orange juice. And you dropped a – it was called the Hot Rod. You dropped a uh, sake bomb into it. A sake bomb is a smaller shot glass of alcohol of sake, but it was colored blue, the Matrix. You drop it in there, and it changes the color to maroon, the Rodimus. Very clever drinks that were thought up by the hotel staff, obviously with TFCon staff influence explaining, okay, we could do stuff like this. We had one spicy drink. It was called the Hate Plague, and a very clever – bar menu but we were able yeah. to do that because we use that location over and over and over and because uh the hotel saw every time they sell out the hotel rooms they they have that kind of pull we'll give them a discount and as the years pass by a relationship is created uh that you could push the boundaries more and do more and i think that's why brian savage keeps visiting pasadena over and over and uh, the worry then for your case would be i'd worry if they they'd make it a staple there you know well i mean it's almost turning into one my every son, other year i, I really yeah. don't see a reason why they couldn't go up to chicago or something with this because i think Diego comic-con that, that comic-con always goes up there so yeah, why wouldn't they follow the same it's weird they do because if they did they know they'd get the traffic you're going to get everybody from the east coast to go there it's you very guys weird are come that they're from Canada, avoiding straight down coast, there i know well, now, it's, it's stupid, I think. 
Uh, I mean, one, honestly, I'm thinking demographics-wise. Why not? That's that's look, look, look well, location-wise. Why not during one part of the year do BotCon in Chicago or that kind of area, and then go and do it, you know, in the latter part of the year over in LA. You know, if they did that, they would be able to double dip their their. Also, I mean, why would you not want to do that? Well, that's that's part of the reason why we're doing the USA TFCon in Chicago was because we kind of looked around. We've been planning this for about two years. Right. Like we we looked around at places. We, we you know, like when you're doing your first USA show, you got to pick the right city. And C two E two, which always happened in Chicago, um, was something that we visited a few times and we saw. Hey, this location works for them. It's very successful. It has a good walk-in. And this is another thing, too. Walk-in is very important. To have a walk-in surrounding, um, which is, again, some of the past choices for BotCon for walk-ins were horrid because, I mean, how do you do a walk-in at a Disney location? How yeah, do you do that, you, you that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, honestly, but since, but since up here in Orlando, up. it's stupid to even try to think about getting a walk-in. I mean, that's why MegaCon is not that big, and it's advertised so far ahead because – to get that traffic, to get those dealers, right, a lot right. of it's like you've got to be one of those sharks out there that looks for conventions to be able to find Megacon. Megacon's actually awesome. It's just very difficult to try to get that kind of traffic in. This year yep. was the biggest Megacon I'd ever seen. Do you, they were, they do were you really think, tripping over people on Saturday. Do insane. you think that they actually get the traffic that they say they're getting in Pasadena? Because um, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see. I don't think so either. I think that I really don't. They, I, now, now they'll sit there and say, "Well, look at the line going out the door." Well, that's because you held everyone, and then the fire marshal came in and wouldn't allow so many people in, and this that, and the other. It wasn't because of the number of people. It's because of the the backup. Not to just, mention people weren't allowed in. Pasadena's um, panel rooms are not huge. They're they're modest at best, and if they had the amount of people that they always claim that they say they had, those those panel rooms would be jam packed. Sure, but they never are. They never are. They're they're everyone gets a seat. You might you might be sitting at the back, but everyone gets a seat. And how many do you think it holds in there? Four hundred, maybe if you're lucky. You know, oh, if that, if that. You know, if that. But that's just it. So I, I don't believe those numbers. I, I mean, I don't either. TFCon, we get four thousand, five thousand on the Saturday. That's like our highest peak, and that's recent. That's very recent. Well, so we've been, we've been I, I can tell you that last year I went to both. Yeah. And while, as we've discussed, I mean, I could literally throw a ball and someone at the other end of the room catch it with without hitting anybody. Yeah. But at TFCon, I, it, it was actually kind of aggravating that you couldn't go from one table to the other without going around 20 people. Oh, yeah. Well, it was packed. It again, was packed. Location is key. Right in the heart of Toronto. Walk-ins like crazy. It's just – and the Sunday. The Sunday was when it really fucking opened up because we always make sure advertising. Let all the TV stations know. I'm, I'm kind of like the personality for TFCon. They make sure a TV station – on the Friday, they get the newspaper guys and the TV guys to come. We talk. We advertise. It gets edited and put on television the Saturday, Sunday – all these fresh faces show up, and that's great for dealers because you get all those impulse buys and comes. Oh my God, I love Transformers. I had that tape, dude. You know, like you know, you sound you tape, sound <laughs> tape, sound yeah, tape, sound, sound tape. tape. You know, but no, but that's just it. Like, and but those guys are great for dealers 
because you're going to make that you're going to sell that 2007 bumblebee that you could not sell to any collector but a impulse buy dude who shows up is going to be like hey it's that bumblebee from the 2007 movie i'll buy it for my kid or i'll buy it for myself and you'd be like oh thank god someone's buying that bumblebee you know right right like, here, but the point here, is here take another here, take another just to take it there you go yeah <laughs> that's yeah, just it i'll throw in one okay but so but now, casuals that helps you so much bacon can't cater to casual walk-ins it can't it's too expensive it's uh, well too there you go and, and i and i think I'm going to say that that's that's my con for the convention. It's too expensive. What it, would you say is your your biggest con? The for biggest Bacon? con is just all the costs now. Is um, like my prediction: uh, the Army Builder is going to be more than hundred bucks this year. That's my prediction. Already, my prediction thus far: Primus package has gone up. The only thing that I was wrong was I was I was expecting it to go over 400. It didn't hit. It's almost over 400, almost. I was expecting 400 on the dot this year. Well, well, wait a minute. If you count their processing fee. Oh yeah, well that's it true. Did. It, it, but but I, but as a at a base value, so far they haven't. I was expecting they're gonna go. Oh, let's just round it off. We'll make it 400 even. Uh, Army builder. I'm predicting 110 dollars minimum minimum this time. They're gonna do something. Um, Already, like, there's a great website called BlackRock BotCon, whatever numbering there. It shows all the prices throughout all the years of BotCon and the numbers and if it's sold out. And you see there's a $10 increase or more with everything as each year passes. Sure. So we're going to see Sylvaner bag sets, originally $98 for the first one, probably going to be 110 The second one, which is usually the cheaper one at 75 probably going to jump to 85 Army Builder is going to go from – last year it was $100 even, probably going to be 110 now. Um Oh man, custom class figure that went I up to. I forgot to ask about the custom thing. Pre pre-assembled custom class. Now they figured out a way to make a market for that, and they're, originally they were charging seventy-five dollars, now eighty dollars. You know, they went up five bucks with that, and you're not getting no freaking flag with a sticker like the the striker hat or whatever it was. You know, um, it's it, the biggest con is going to be the cost. I get a feeling we are going to show up. To wait in line for that club store, and man, are we going to feel it on our wallet. It is going to be some crazy pricing, and I'm just praying, praying that there's going to be some diamond in the rough there that I could buy a second of to sell to get some of my money back. You know, like like last year was those Seeker Jets, as long as you sold them right away. You know what I mean? Right. They're always – the, the trick with BotCon, if you're someone like me, especially who travels and you really want to get your cost back, find something that's going to be that A-game resell item. If it was like that's 2011, everything going to be the A-game sell re-item. That thing is going to be insane. Well, could be. Is, like, could be. When, it's, when it's box set stuff, you're at, you're, you run that risk of breaking it up. You don't want to break it up. If, if you like, People are going to want that DevCon. People are going to want that Scorponok. Don't break it up. Sell it as a whole. Get someone to buy it from you at a profit as a whole. Because the second you break it up, you are stuck with three figures that you will not be able to get rid of. Last year, everyone everyone wanted to strike an obsidian. No one wanted that other stuff. Yeah, okay, you might say, oh, but I liked Machine Wars. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No one wanted those guys. So you're going to be stuck with them, and you're probably going to end up selling them at at some kind of cost just to get rid of them. Where, but those seeker jets, everyone went. Boo, 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 they went. And all fucking crazy when the and I remember I saw it and right away the gears were turning in my head. Daniel, you just came from Montreal. You spent five hundred dollars on a plane ticket. You gotta get this money back. I bought two sets of those Seeker jets. Three day auction on the Thursday night on eBay. By the time the weekend was over, some guy bought it for 
$500. Some dude. Well, some the, crazy the dude. Big reason $500. Because it was, it was an official release of those colors versus some exactly. KO. And people go crazy. That. But here's the funny thing. Those Seeker Jets now aren't really worth that anymore. BotCon prices always drop like crazy. That's why I do. Three-day auction, the Thursday night. By the time Sunday rolls around, it's sold. I get the payments in PayPal. And then while I'm already in the States, while I'm already near the post office, which cheaper shipping in the States instead of coming from Canada, ship it out right there and then right, but, before but the weekend's the, over. One, there, there are exceptions. Like, There's um, a proto tip for you guys listening. There's a way to save some money. Well, Shattered Glass Prime. There you go, Shattered Glass Prime. And it was from the box set. Well, so, but, but it was the Scorpinox, it's not out of the realm of possibility, will retain its value. The problem being, the good news is, bag set's gone. Uh, the box sets, as we're told, are at what, 80%, 80% sold, 85 whatever now. But, 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 you know, we still got this thing. Because, I mean, I could tell you 80% sold, and I made a million of them. You know, yeah, whatever. Exactly. I, there's still a ton of them out there, you know. You know, uh, well, you know as well as I do that that numbers are only there to be skewed and befuddle uh, everyone else. That, that's what well, they're for. And so right now, as it stands, um, the biggest con is going to be the cost. It's just everything yeah. is going to be really expensive this weekend. And what sucks is I get a feeling we're getting less this year it, from our Primus package. There's no mention of a casino night. There's – no mention of some kind of dinner. There probably will be, but there's no mention of it. Well, no, I, I will say one thing. I was very, very, very surprised to hear that we were going to get into the uh, the theme park with with our uh, Primus package. That That is a pretty big bonus it for is a Friday. A so it I was impressed with that. So maybe they're cutting quarters everywhere else to, to supplement it's true. that. It's true. The thing is, what's going to be crazy with that, though, is the the transport is going to probably be nuts. Because I remember when they did that in 2011, they had that Universal tour, whatever bus yeah. thingy. And I didn't I didn't do that myself personally, but everyone who did it was like, oh my god, I the, did. The bus thing I heard was crazy. Like it was like just jam packed with idiots, <laughs> more yeah, or less. Well. You're gonna have, like I said, there's gonna be problems. Uh, my big thing is, is, and I said this before. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna extend the park hours three hours for us, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if I go in there, and I just come in from California and I decide to go to the park, how are you gonna know that I have to leave and you get to stay? Uh, maybe you have to keep your Bacon badge on. Who knows? Okay, but then you still gotta find me in that big park. That's true. That is true. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, again. It's one of the. This year, it's very weird. We we don't know a lot going into it. In in the past years, we kind of knew Sylvaneer sets. We kind of knew, you know, like even the guest list. I it, I don't know. Is it done? Is it complete? I hope that's not it. You know, is there more? They're really hyping the the artists this time around. You know, that's, yeah, see, that's really that's all they've got. Yeah, I know. That's the sad thing. It's like, hey, we got the Puggle former girl. Hey, we got this guy. Hey, we got that guy who also hasn't done official work. Hey, we got that guy that also hasn't done official work. You know, even even Alex Milne, Alex Milne, who's doing the More Than Meets the Eye comic book, the hot, probably the hottest Transformer comic book in a very long time. He's not doing Bacon. Why? Cable costs are too expensive. That's why he's not doing it. Ask Alex Milne where he's going to be that weekend. Not at BotCon. He's going to be at another convention. 
you know, because they gave him the table for free. Gee, you know, I don't understand how voice actors could, could get free table, free hotel, free this, but people who actually produce the fiction, here's the spoiler. Derek Wyatt had to buy his own table at BotCon this year, who created Transformers Animated. He had to buy his own table. They didn't give him a table. Gee, I don't know. Who's Derek Wyatt? I've never heard of that guy. You know, who's tra What's Transformers Animated? Exactly. Some kind of Gundam thing, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. They Even he had to buy his own table. That's not cool, you know? Well, well aren't you supposed to cater to people that, you know, that pretty much built the industry? I mean, come on. It's like, the problem hello, is, what this guy is, in, you shouldn't you, charge that guy for it. When you, the, the problem is, is when you take um, someone and you make them pay for a table and then you advertise them as a guest. That's what bothers me. I think that, that that's something like, you know, when people when people pay for their table and then you use them as a marketing tool, even though that you, you got money from them, that's not all, that's not nice. You know, like. Right. It's not like they paid their way in as, as artist alley and decided to put up their stuff and they haven't well, been really known. It's, that's, it, that's different. It's, it's not cool because you t people pay for their tables because they're trying to make a career or business of this. But then you're using them as an advertising tool going like, hey, we have Derek Wyatt as a guest. Then why didn't you pay for his hotel room or his table or something? You know, like there's certain unwritten etiquette kits when it comes to running conventions. Every single artist at TFCon of professional nature and every single voice actor gets free room and board and hotel room and food that we right. I mean it's it's the same thing in the film industry. If you say, you know say well, I mean obviously everybody knows that we ran Harrison Ford and such for those Star Wars movies. Do you think Harrison Ford is paying for his own hotel? Hell no. He's not paying not. for that. He's not paying for his own food. He's not paying for his own transportation. He's not paying for his own liquor and, and you know whatever else he decides to do. If he does, I'm just saying that's just you know skeptical kind of thing. Yep. These things are catered and given to but people. The that thing is, Bacon pay for. It. No, but Bacon does. I will give them. They do uh, take good care of the voice actors. But I think that all the artists uh, suffer. All the artists, uh, the professional ones and the non-professional ones. Um, they don't get any uh, kickers, if you will. It's, and even at least the, the IDW comic guys, not a single one of them have a hotel room paid for them or a table paid for them. They all had to pay their own ways into BotCon. And then to turn around and say, hey, we got this huge list of IDW dudes. Hey, man, that's making you money by saying that they're going to be there. People are buying – there might be that X amount of people that are getting – a. Uh, an admission to meet the IDW guys to, to get stuff signed. Um, I know a lot of Japanese people come to BotCon and that's the biggest thing to them is to get original art from IDW guys because that's a big deal in Japan. Mm -hmm. To get original art from from a, an artist um, is a big freaking deal. And I know guys like Hydra um, Proxy, he makes money doing that. People will be a Hydra-san. You know, I want to get Optimus Prime from Alex Milne, and he'll proxy a, 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 an autograph with a, a, an original drawing, and he'll make money that way. And that's not a cheap plane ticket for him, so that's I mean, one way to make money. I mean, and if the if these rooms are as big as they are, I mean, it probably 
honestly, it shouldn't even cost him a dime to throw up a table and be like, here you go. You know, no, it, does, it really I mean, does. If anything, no, but, but, but you're looking at the wrong idea. You're not looking at a uh, an opportunity to give. You're looking at an opportunity to make. Yeah, that's, that's how he's doing it. Like and, I said, and you're right. That, that's what that's, he that's does. Right. That, well, that's like I said before. When you take the simple logic of how running convention, even a trade show, which is the most simple kind of convention, when you take your cost of room, like of rental of the location, and measure it against table costs, that's what pays for it. The second you start making green from that, come on. And not to mention your admission, your pro, your, your product profits and everything. You you can't like TFCon. You have rental price. Rental price is reflected of table cost. That pays for that. After that, admission and and toys are it's all profit. Is a different profit margin completely. But toys, we always run the risk of stuff. We have, we we call it our nightbird scenario, where something can only sell fifty percent of product, but we always have to price it in a way that if we sell fifty percent of it, we're we at least break even. So that means we double the price of our cost measured against our sale. So if something costs us 50, we charge 100. That mm-hmm. way we watch our ass. When and we're a small independent convention. We're not Hasbro direct to the Chinese factories getting the real low cost here. We're buying from another factory buying and then it it gets to I you. I mean, hell, there's some people that, at these conventions, they hit up the local Toys R Us or whatever and they buy out everything they got in order to bring in just to sell it there. Of course, of course. And that's, and that's what they do, and a we, lot of people are like, oh, well, I could have went to blah, blah, blah. Got well, do you realize what they have to go through in order to actually have that spot? Yeah, of course. Most of these people don't think about that. But And the thing is, is that in the case of BACON, is that the pricing of rent, of rental doesn't add up because that space, especially the, 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 um, the San Diego year, um, that that space, if I had to take a guess, and we've done big shows, we've done small shows, um, that rental cost probably maximum, maximum $12,000 to rent it. That's the max that it could have been to rent that location for last year's show in San Diego. You know what $12,000 is? Three guys. Three guys pay for their tables. You got your $12,000 almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You almost got it. Like then you factor in the artists, and then probably whatever TF source and big bad toy stores tables. How much that costs? They buy twelve in one shot right there. Then you yeah. have Rust, who buys like another nine tables. Who's the big G1 guy? You know he has all the G1 complete stuff. There's some guys that them single-handedly probably pays for the entire room t- t- the room cost. Let alone right. all the other guys. Let alone a Megamis or um, Super Toy Archive or or Hero Gongo who get like a booth. Which is already eight hundred to nine hundred dollars, depending on which. Yeah, year I mean, it is. I, I looked into actually trying to get booths for um, MegaCon because I was trying to get Megamus and Capture Prey and try to get to, uh, the actual podcast down here to actually do something, but it was a little too close to the time. But just for a space with one table was like nine hundred dollars, and I was like, exactly, that's ridiculous, just for one space. That's and like, you're not selling on. anything to make profit. No, you're not. Right. I mean, Imagine I, that. So you I mean, mean, no, you're not even in the, as I like to call it, give it away for free, get break even situation. You're just in the hole completely until the weekend's over. But for what? For what? And that's the big thing. I kind of, I, I kind of feel bad about these, uh, the guys that just literally sell nothing but comic books. I mean, everybody oh complains like, oh my god, I can't get like you know dollar comic books and yeah, stuff. Not only sometimes that, there'll be two or three dollars for these things. To lug. 
to lug all that inventory, heavy long boxes, for it to get damaged, for it to get rifled through, for it to be put out of order. You know, it was everything was in alphabetical order. Now it's I've I've done comic conventions with comic comic book guys, and they always say it's a disaster because you bring your dollar bin stuff. It's heavy. It takes a lot of space. You got to rent the truck. It costs gas. It's a whole headache. You bring it there. The product gets damaged. People are rifling through it. It gets damaged. It gets mixed up. And they don't make half the money they should. And you make nothing. And you make nothing because in order to bring your whole A to Z of Marvel, you got to get 12 tables. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, like one table is going to be like seven long boxes that barely covers your inventory. Yeah. You know, so they have to understand that you have to measure it. But you know what it is too with Savage? A lot of people speculated in the past the reason why the, the dealer tables were so expensive was because uh, Peter Cullen was so expensive. Because to, to get him now, because we try to get Peter Cullen every year at TFCon. And let me tell you something, and he's Canadian. He's from Montreal. He was born and raised in Montreal. Um, his agent, very difficult to work with now. Now that he's Peter Cullen, the $700 million uh, blockbuster movie star in his agent's eyes at least, mm-hmm. um, very difficult to get him for conventions. So he has a very expensive appearance fee. The speculation was, okay, Brian Savage is paying a large sum of money to Peter Cullen so he doesn't charge for autographs. Most conventions charge for autographs nowadays. It's a new thing. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like Stan a- Lee, for God's sake, in order to get like a picture anything took with him, it, that's a lot of money. Yeah, well, that's just it. So the assumption is is that uh, at least Brian Savage is footing the costs for that, but Peter Cullen isn't a factor this year. And if you look at the rest of the lineup – these aren't expensive people. These are guys we could get at TFCon any day of the year. You know what I mean? They're, they're, not, they're not something that we have to plan ahead. and They're not difficult guests at all. I think the most – God, like who is the lineup? I think the most um, difficult one is still not that difficult. One second here. Who is it again they had? Uh, I remember I was commenting about it. Uh, oh, yeah, the most expensive one for them was probably James Roberts because they had the flyman from the UK. We got James Roberts at TFCon. You know what I mean? Like it's everyone else. Derek Wyatt, the guy lives in the backyard of the convention. You know what I mean? So he just takes a taxi over at, at best. Uh, Sue Blue, same thing as a local. David Kay, he's already on the West Coast in Vancouver. So all these guests are super cheap for them. All these guests, this whole guest list doesn't cost them anything except for James Roberts. That's the UK flight. But that's not a big deal because you know what Bacon also used to have almost every year? Peter Cullen and Simon Furman, who, who, who kind of – like James Roberts is kind of like the new Simon Furman. This is the new UK guy that shows up every year. Now Simon Furman's kind of absent from Bacon now, but now we have this other UK guy. So – it doesn't mean – like I don't know where all their their costs are going. Peter Cullen isn't there. The only expensive guy really is James Roberts from the UK, and he's, he's still he's still just an artist, so I can imagine – assume he's a writer. So I can imagine that he's probably not going to have a table, so they didn't make any money off of him. You know. The only thing I can think it's even really driving the con as much as it is because it is a movie year. That's, yeah, that's only, exactly that's what it is. That's literally it. it. They're just it's playing it off year. of that, and that's it. It's a movie year. It's the 30th anniversary. That's all it is. That's what they got going for them. A movie year, 30th anniversary, the hype is high to an extent, and 
they'll make money. I know they will. They're going to make hand and fist money. They'll make, you know, and the only thing that worries me is those Sylvanair sets are not going to sell out and they're going to end up on the club store on the following Monday. You know, which, that was disgusting. I was like, why the did same I even, price that they were at the con? Why did I even <laughs> go to Bacon? Three, I just three months home. later, they chopped the price slightly. You know, I could have just freaking stayed home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it, they're still trying to get rid of uh, the the laser rod and whatever the uh, jolt and freaking whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, yeah. looks like we uh we ran over again. Uh, we ran over, over this time. Oh, we, ran over this time. we did it. So. But, uh, okay, well, I guess uh, we started out with uh, with all the, the zone and all that, ended up with uh, a lot of information uh, from one person who's who's definitely done more than one uh, one show and uh, a little bit of insight, so that's good. Um, but I think we're going to wrap this one up for, uh, for this week. Um, Plasticon, you got anything to add? Uh, about the only thing I really want to add is um, check out CapturePrey.com for great toys, great service, great prices for a lot of your third-party needs, guys. Yep. Brycey? No, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. man. any final words of wisdom? Check out TFCon.ca, our show in July for Canadians or Northeast Coast Americans. Very cheap. American dollars really strong. You know, um, or, or like me, go to both. Yeah, or or as I was just about to say, in October, TFCon USA, um, same staff, same crew, and hopefully same everything else. I'm not going to say anything yet, and we'll reveal that as time progresses. Um, check that out. Uh, that's TFCon.com for the American one, TFCon.ca for the Canadian one. Uh, for more information, follow me on Twitter, ProtomanX. I post all the news as it happens. There you go. And uh, finally, for our uh, little giveaway, here's your last chance. Um, I'm going to give you a hint. There are more than five in here. So that's your hint. There, there are more than five. All right. Um, all righty. I'm uh, Megamus, and uh, thanks for joining in. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs>